This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, what's up, what's up? My Take Radio, episode 67 for Wednesday, November 24th, 2010. The intro music you just heard was Street Fighter II, Frets of Fury. The artist is Vertex Guy, V-E-R-T-E-X, Guy, G-U-Y. You can download that and any of the other previous intro music at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The caller number is 347 Three two four three five four one. Again, that caller number is three four seven three two four three five four one. All right. A little earlier than usual, of course. It is uh, Thanksgiving Eve, so of course, got to do the show a little early. I'm not doing a show on Thanksgiving because I have a shit ton of cooking to do. So, with that said, a little earlier, I will be joined this evening by Amy from MMA Gospel along with Gary. And also, Josh from MMA Valor is coming back. We're going to break down UFC 123, and we're going to be discussing that as well. In addition to that, I'm going to be joined uh, by Billy from BeantownGamer.com. He's going to be joining us. We're going to talk some wrestling, some video games, and some movies. We're going to break that down. Billy's uh, you know just launched Beantown Gamer. He has a Great presence in the in the video game world. You can also check him out on Twitter, and I will be giving all that information as well. So we're going to have lots to discuss. It's going to be a full plate. Whether the show goes three hours or not, the stuff is there. And, uh, you know, the information is going to be flowing pretty rampant, especially once we get everybody involved. Like I said, Josh, Amy, and Gary should be joining me to break down the MMA. And, of course, we got wrestling, a lot of crazy shit happening with Survivor Series and Raw. So that's on tap as well. Of course, the My Take Radio 3.0, I'm hoping, will be launching in January. A couple of things have changed that have hindered that. But nonetheless, 3.0, for those on the staff that have seen it, it's going to be something, uh, it's going to, be something to be definitely jazzed about when it goes live. Uh, there's still some ads left on there. Most of the ads are going to be uh, shrunk down to 125 by 125. Uh, most of the guys that have had ads on there have sent them in. I just have to switch them over to 125. Basically, it's just going to allow more advertisers to appear, and not only that, it will allow other brands that, you know, My Take Radio supports and gives a shit about to definitely be front and center. Uh, the Facebook fan page, we are really close to 500 fans. I believe we're at 493 as of uh, 10 minutes ago. Of course, the big 500 is right around the corner. Very proud of that. Um, definitely put in a lot of work. Got to thank guys like Slick, uh, my fiance, of course, Ant for putting in a lot of great work, Bronx, Josh, um, everybody that puts in work at My Take Radio. You know, I'm not just saying that because they do the work, but I'm thankful for them because I got way too much shit going on 
to do this by myself. And, you know, you're only as good as the company you keep. And there's some hardcore mofos that definitely have been uh, helping me out in the long haul. So definitely I am thankful for them, as cliched as that sounds. Of course, our forums will have a chat functionality built in. Um, it's currently in a testing phase. Right now I am testing one chat with an application called Chat Roll that you may see when you log into the forums. Uh, basically, that's going to have a 10-member uh, 10, 10 minimum, and you can sign in either with a Chat Roll account or with your Facebook account, nice and easy. In addition to that, the navigation bar on MyTakeRadio.com also has a chat through TinyChat. Um, both chats will be used for different reasons. One of the things is... Uh, one of the things with that particular bar is that they'll be able to be chats hosted at different times. It's just a matter of getting with the MTR staff and maybe doing, you know, a raw chat while raw is in progress or maybe doing a pay-per-view chat when pay-per-view is in progress as well. Um, in addition to that, of course, our content partners, MMA Valor and This Week in Wrestling's podcast also, of course, got to be thankful for those guys for providing great content. Last but not least, to wrap up housekeeping, the Splatterhouse contest is in full effect. Uh, it is all going on till December 9th. Like I said in previous episodes, piece of cake. Take an MTR logo, any one of your choosing from the Facebook fan page. Use the Splatterhouse logos or characters, Photoshop, draw, wear a hockey mask and hold a My Take Radio sign, whatever you want. Uh, the top five original entries will, of course, get a Splatterhouse T-shirt from West Mansion. Definitely got some entries in already, and um, they look pretty kick-ass. So definitely, if you want to get in, top five, get a shirt. Easy as that. That's the housekeeping. Let's run down uh, this week's uh, topics. Of course, like I said, UFC 123, WWE Survivor Series, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the craziness of Monday Night Raw, plus your MMA news, your video game news, movie news, and, of course, last but not least, we're going to have a little bit of uh, a little bit of calls from from everybody just to talk about it. primarily I want to hear from from the fans regarding what happened on raw this week of course what happened with UFC 123 I know that some of you guys are going to have uh, quite a bit to say about that and of course the movie news there's definitely a couple of good ones in there I will be talking about the uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer remake definitely going to be talking about that there's also going to be some stuff regarding the Batman movie, Uncharted. Uh, we're going to talk about Netflix, uh, Wolverine, uh, some of the box office numbers, which are just astronomical this week, especially Harry Potter. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, Underworld 4, we're going to talk some Superman news as well, and even some news on the upcoming Lone Ranger flick. So you know what? Uh, before the rest of the MMA panel members get in, let's uh, go through some MMA news first. Of course, UFC 123 came and went, and there was some nice $80,000 fight bonuses given out. Uh, knockout of the night, of course, went to BJ Penn. Um, we'll definitely be discussing that um, when all the members of the panel join us. Uh, Phil Davis got submission of the night, and fight of the night went to Joe Lazan uh, Joe and George Sotteropoulos. In addition to that, Dana White in the post-UFC uh, 123 pe press conference stated that BJ Penn will be meeting John Fitch. I definitely would love to hear the thoughts on the on that from the panel when they join us. Um, definitely something that has a, a lot of great interest just because, you know, John Fitch is a title contender, BJ Penn's on a tear, and I, I'd really like to see that fight. I mean, John Fitch gets a lot of shit 
for his, you know, his methodical wrestling style and his lay and pray uh, style. But I don't know. I mean, this 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 fight could be definitely a badass fight. In addition to that, uh, George Sotaropoulos will be fighting Dennis Iver on uh, UFC 127 in Australia. So definitely two fights that are already coming together nicely on that card for sure. Of course, Carl Parisian. Um, I'm not going to go into this story until after we discuss 123 because, of course, his performance from 123 affects this particular piece of news. Also, UFC 124 is next. The main event, of course, is GSP fighting Josh Koscheck. Uh The countdown for that is going to air on Spike TV December 6th, and you'll be able to check that out at 7 p.m. Eastern with replays on December 9th at 6th and December 11th at, December 11th, excuse me, at midnight. UFC 124 will be on December 11th from the Bell Center in Montreal. My notes are all messed up, so if I, uh, if I jump around a little bit, I apologize. Um, of course, I wanted to get, get into some Strikeforce news because I finally got my notes in order. Um, Strikeforce has confirmed that Jesse Finney has been scratched from the December 4th uh, Strikeforce card with Henderson and Babalu as the main event. In addition to that, Strikeforce announced that Herschel Walker sustained a deep cut under his left eye that required multiple stitches while training on Monday. Due to the injury, he is off the December 4th Strikeforce card. Of course, Herschel Walker is bummed. I was actually really excited to see him fight again. He said the following, I feel terrible about this. I know things like this happen in all sports, but I had trained very hard and was excited to be returning to the cage again. I hope to fight again as soon as the cut heals. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people give Herschel Walker shit because it, it's like the guy's coming in, he's an older guy, he shouldn't be fighting. But you know what? The guy goes in there, he trains his ass off, and don't get me wrong, you're not expecting the, one of the most fucking stylistic fights, but it, it's definitely exciting. I'm really bummed he's not fighting because I liked his, I like watching him fight. He really had a genuine passion for the sport. He wasn't trying to come in there like... Um, you know, definitely, he wasn't trying to come in there and do, like, fucking, what the hell is this guy's name? And he and it's an afterthought. Shit. Uh, James Tony. He wasn't trying to pull the James Tony, come in there and talk a little bit of shit and keep it moving. He actually legitimately is training his ass off, and he wants to continue fighting. Of course, in Herschel Walker's case, given that age is a factor, you know, he's picking his fights, and he's trying to see how he feels after every fight, and I, and I respect that. The, the James Tony situation is a little different because he chased down Dana White and, oh, I can fight, I can beat anybody, blah, 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 blah. Of course, he came in, nine months of training, got his ass whooped by Randy Couture, and, of course, James Tony is gone from the UFC. Now, one of the things that I didn't see happening after that is James Tony saying, well, you know what, I'm going to sign up with a camp and I'm going to improve my MMA so I can get back into the cage. He didn't say that. He's like, oh, well, you know, Dana White should have given me an opportunity to fight again. It's like, why? You got your ass choked the fuck out. That's what happened. You were too busy relying on the fact that you would throw your fucking meat fists and you were going to connect with that. You, you assumed that that was going to be the plan when you didn't realize that you're facing a guy like Randy Couture. The guy's a fucking legend. And he's going to go in there, and he's not going to walk into your fists. You're an asshole if you think that. Again, I only say that just because it's a personal opinion. I think James Tony uh, wrote a check that his ass could not cash for sure. 
the fact of the matter is that he got caught out there. And Herschel Walker is the complete antithesis of that. The guy's going in there. He's putting in the work. He's training. The guy's just a freak. And, and you know what? If Herschel Walker fought three fights and said his MMA career was over, fuck it. But you know what? It's three fights where he's going in there and putting his blood on his blood and guts on the line and not trying to do some sideshow shit like James Tony. So I'm really bummed that he's off that card. But I'll tell you what, the other fights on that card, the Dan Henderson and Babalu fight, definitely a great fight of the night right there. Paul Daly and Scott Smith, also another great fight. And um Antonio Silva, of course, is fighting uh Valentin Overeem, which is just uh, another fight with fireworks, and of course you can't write off Robbie Lawler and Matt Lindland. Uh, Matt Lindland, of course, is, is a fucking veteran, and he may go in there and shock everybody. Of course, everybody's money's on Robbie Lawler, but I wouldn't write off Matt Lindland as of yet. Lastly, of course, the big thing, everybody talking about Jose Aldo being injured and having to withdraw from UFC 125. Uh, Dustin, and I'm going to mess this guy's name up, uh, Poi... Poi Rier will now be facing Josh Grisby. The verbal agreements are in place. This is going to be the first time that Grisby and Poi Rier will be fighting in the UFC. And everybody is really bummed about the, the Jose Aldo withdrawing from UFC 125. But, hey, if, if you're injured, you're injured. And you know what? It's better that you withdraw, you heal up, and you defend the belt right than you go in there, try and do something crazy, and before you know it, you lose and your camp is making excuses. Not that that would happen, but that's one of the things that I can definitely see being uh, being a factor, especially when you're fighting injured. And I, I don't want to call it the, the Tito Ortiz excuse stories, but, you know, it's the, it's the most apropos term. The fact is a lot of these guys, they're, they're coming in a little injured, a little bumped up, you know, a little um, a little bumped up, you know, little injuries here and there. And some guys, they, they don't make excuses and they move on. Other guys, it's like, oh, well, you know, I fucking, I blew out my back this morning taking a shit, and that's why he was able to get me to the ground so easily. And next thing you know, it's like, it's going to be excuse after excuse after excuse. That's one of the things that Tito gets a lot of shit for. I love Tito to death, but he does that shit all the time. Oh, I cracked my skull, I fucking, my back, my neck, my ankle, Jenna Jameson sucked all the life force out of me, along with all the talent, blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, it, it, it's terrible to say, and, and, and I love Tito, but a lot of people that I've talked to say the same thing. You know, ever since he, he, he got married to Jenna Jameson, his fucking career's been in the toilet. Now, take that for what it's worth. I think that Tito has, has some good fights left in him. I think his upcoming fight with Little Nog is a recipe for uh, is a recipe for disaster because it's really like you know there's the door we're gonna help you go out the hard way. Not to say that they should have given him a tomato can, but come on, you're fighting one of the Nagara brothers. It's not it's not a fucking. What, what do you think he's gonna fucking stand and and trade with you, or he's gonna let you take him to the ground? He's, he's probably gonna choke your ass out if you try some shit like that. I think, and again, this is something. In it, you know, again, this is just. My opinion and nobody else's, I honestly think that Tito needs to train in a camp. Don't get me wrong, training with the punishment team is great, but it's almost like you're training with your employees. I say the same thing about BJ Penn. You know, you're training with your employees, you're training with yes men, 
which is terrible to say, and it may not be 100% accurate, but that's how I feel. You're training with yes-men, and they're saying, yeah, you know, you're doing good, or yeah, yeah, that's great, or your stand-up is, is on point, your takedowns are good, of course, because those motherfuckers are being paid to say that, or they're being, they're, they're, they're being coached by you anyway, and they don't want to jeopardize that relationship. And, and that's one of the things I feel hinders guys like, like Tito and, and BJ Penn. When you become your own company, so to speak, and you're bringing these guys in, nobody's going to tell you you're fucking up. If you're in a camp, though, and, and you're 100% in, you know, Greg Jackson, even though he's getting a lot of shit, or uh, Dave Camarillo, you know, those are guys that you'll train with them, they'll see the holes in your game, and they'll try to help you plug them. Whether it's successful or not after that is up to the fighter. But I just think that when you're your own boss, you run that you run that risk of, of of really fucking yourself up because that's that's how I see it. I see these guys, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar too. He's training in this gym. He's got no camp per se. All the guys are guys that he brings in to train with him. And you know, don't get me wrong, they're probably getting hit off with some dough or so, or just the training experience. But again, nobody's gonna call you out on your bullshit. That's one of the things I'd really like to see with BJ Penn, especially in the Frankie Edgar fight. His fucking yes-men were in there. You're winning the fight, BJ. Yeah, that was a great round. No, it fucking wasn't. It fucking wasn't. You're getting your ass beat. You're getting fucked up in the game. It's the same thing that happened when, uh, you know, and they brought this up with Greg Jackson and Dana White said it, where you shouldn't be telling your guys they're winning a round. When Josh from MMA Valor was was on last week, and we were talking about that. It's true. You shouldn't tell these guys that they're winning. If you're getting, you should, even if they are, don't tell them because it gives them the excuse to, to coast. You, just be like, look, man, you fucking suck, and why are you letting this guy punch you in the face? That's how I see it. If I, if I were in somebody's corner and they come over, how am I doing, man? I'd be like, you fucking suck. You're going to let him kick you in the leg like that? You're going to let him punch you in the face? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you have to be a motivating factor. I mean, Greg Jackson, like I said, I like the guy. I like, you know, the guy fucking is, is a genius. But sometimes I, I get a little bugged out with his corner advice. Hey, breathe, 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 breathe. Yeah, okay, you're doing well. You're doing well. It's like, it's, it's, it's weird, you know. I, I guess that's just me. I think that just being competitive um, is one of those things where, I, I look at it a little differently, and I'm sure that some people are going to look at it that way as well, where, you know, you want to be motivated to, to get in there and do your job. It's not, it's not you know, a, a cakewalk, and that's, it bums me out. I'm like, don't tell these guys they're fucking winning. You tell these guys that they're losing or that they suck so that they fight harder because then they'll coast, and then they lose, and you get the book of excuses. Oh, well, the game plan didn't come together. There is no game plan. Game plans, I, I say it all the time, game plans go out the window when you get punched in the face. And that's the way I see it. it it's, it's, you know, and, and I liked, I liked what, what, um, what Billy said from uh, Beantown Gamer. He's in the chat. And, and you know, he's, he gave a perfect example. If he was the quarterback, he'd say, you fucking suck, Rich. Why am I punching you in the face? And, and it's funny, but that's the way you want to do it. You want to you want to give that that spark. You want to give that motivation, and I think that that that's out the window, especially with guys like like Tito and BJ Penn that are that are in there. You know, yes men. They're 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 getting fucking yes to death, and I don't I don't like it. 
I don't, and I feel that it affects it affects their it affects their performance. It does. I mean, I when when I get a chance and I talk to some more professional fighters, I want to ask them to see what they say. Because again, I'm looking at it from strictly um, a fan and a spectator of the sport. They may look at it like, well, you know, sometimes you need that. I definitely want to run that by, and, I, and I'm going to definitely ask Gary and Amy when they call in because they've interviewed more um, more fighters on their show, which, of course, i got to give the plug, is uh, MMA Gospel, and you can catch them Wednesdays at 8.30 on the Block Talk Radio Network. Um, last but not least, you know, I just feel that with these cards coming up, especially now with the WEC and UFC merger, the the litany of excuses is only going to get guys so far, and that's one thing um, that I wanted to talk about. Even though it's, it, it relates to 123, I want to talk about Gerald Harris. And um, Gerald Harris, of course, he fought uh, Miguel uh, Falcao in this last event, and he lost, and he got cut. I find it very unfortunate that he lost one fight and he got cut. Kind of sucks, but um, this this seems to be the trend, and... And, you know, I remember Amy had mentioned it on one of the MMA Gospel episodes as well, just that the, the, everybody's going to have to step up and perform at an optimal level. I just feel that losing one fight and getting cut is a little fucked up. You know, and it, there's a Twitter campaign going on for that to get um, Gerald Harris back. I, I, I honestly feel he deserved another shot. The, guy, the guy's a fucking awesome fighter. He has a KO by slam, like Rampage. Come on, that, that's fucking highlight reel. It's one fight. The guy lost one. How does that happen? I definitely was not happy with that. I also got to talk about the um, the fight with uh, Mike, Jiman, Mike Guyman and Demarcus Johnson, which uh, De Silva mentioned to me that there's a petition to get that that fight on the main card, which I felt is a you know is fucked up that it's not. Um, I like. Mike Guyman, he's great. He was also a guest on um, MMA Gospel a, a couple of months back. Uh, great guy, just a just a fantastic. He's a fantastic human being, as cliched as that is. Just he's, he's got a great story. He's humble, and um, I, I admire the fact that that he takes every fight as it, as if it's his last. You know, it's it's one of those things that's it mo it, it motivates you, and his stories really kick ass. And I just found it fucked up that he's not. On the uh, on the main card fighting Demarcus Johnson because I really think that that would be a great fight to see on pay per view. Um, I know De Silva's in the chat. If he can provide any links for that, definitely he should. You know, I recommend he puts them in the chat so people can uh, help out in that Twitter campaign to get that up there. Of course, whenever you hear anything on the show that you don't like, Dana White is on Twitter, and I'm sure he reads a lot of the shit. So definitely at Dana White and um, tell him you want to see. Mike Guyman and Demarcus Johnson on the main card. Tell them that. With that said, I see that we got some people in for the panel already. Let's start bringing them on. Josh, welcome back, dude. Hey, man, what's up? How's it going? Ah, pretty good, man. You know, we a little uh, a little pre-Thanksgiving shenanigans here. So, you know, I know that we we talked at length about 123 and uh, and the picks. You know, they kind of surprised a lot of us. So. I know we're going to definitely talk about that, and I see that um, I see Gary's on the line also. So, Gary, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Well, of course, you know you can catch Gary on MMA Gospel Wednesdays at eight thirty, 
And Josh, of course, you can see his content on MyTakeRadio.com and MMAValor.com. And I know that Amy is in the chat, and I'm sure she will be joining us soon as well. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, well, well, I got both you guys here. Um, Before we get into the the fight breakdowns, what did you guys think of 123 as a whole? Did you feel that it delivered or it was kind of – it wasn't 100% there? Josh, you want to go first? Sure, man, I'll go. Um, you know, I think if you take out the uh, um, the main event, I thought the card was really good. Um, it, it seems like a lot of uh, events these days, the main event seems to be uh, a little disappointing. Um, you know, we have good fights leading up to the main event, and, you know, the main event doesn't, uh, I guess, just doesn't end the night off well. Um, but um, I think overall it was good. it was a good, um, good, good event. Excuse me. Uh, by the way, I'm just still getting over my bronchitis, so I do apologize if I if I cough a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a cough button. Um, That's all right. My iPhone doesn't come with one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I I totally agree. You know, with Josh, uh, I, I will say this. I, I think it's just a pattern that the UFC does, um, which putting name schmucks on the main event. Uh, case in point. Um, <laughs> Frank Mir and Crow Cop for a shitty main event, and now this uh, Rampage and Machida, uh, thinking you know that it'll sell. They put these sort of like you know large bigger fighters on the main event, but as usual, it's the undercard guys who steal the show. So, thought it was a really good card overall, but certainly not a not worthy of pay per view, in my opinion. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell both of you this. I think that. Overall, I like I like and and you know both both of you guys put, put it put it more or less. I'm meeting both of you in the middle. The main event I felt was very lackluster, and and I know we're definitely going to go into that a little bit. But I know that the 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 lower the you know the the opening bouts and the even the the, the Spike TV portion were was really well done. I think that you had guys on there, you know, Mark Munoz and Simpson, nice fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Brown, another another good fight. The Caro fight, I know we're going to definitely need to discuss a little bit at length. But even the pay per view, it's all the lower tier fights, so to speak, that that stole the show. And then on top of the fact, your co main event, you expected it to be a war, and and we kind of know how that went. And so you know, Rampage, I think, and and Machida had a lot of pressure on them to perform, considering that they had such a they didn't have as much of a of a, of a window leading up mm-hmm. to their fight. You know, it's like the one, the, the co-main event ended so quickly, it's like, all right, fuck, we got to show a, a non-televised, and then boom, it's the main event. And then it was just lackluster, and I think that one of the reasons is because some people just don't give a fuck about Machida. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucked up, man, but, you know, it, that that's one of the things that I have a feeling is going to be an issue as well. It's it's a lot of people. They're gonna see these uh, they're gonna see these events with Machida, and they're gonna be like, oh fuck, this guy again. <laughs> that is so true. That's so true. Only thing he's got going for him is that he looks just like uh, Benicio del Toro. Aside from that, uh, there's not much uh, positive like you said. Right. Well, I I mean, you know what? You got to look at it like this, and 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 I know I think Amy's probably calling in. And looking at the UFC 124 card, 
not for nothing, it seems to be the same thing as 123. You got the big get, and then don't get me wrong, you know, the, the undercard fights are, are exciting fights, but they're not fights that, are, that, you know, you're jumping out of your seat to drop 50 bucks for. Do you yeah. guys agree, or, you know? Um, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's some good good fights on there. I mean, you got Miller, uh, I mean, Tiago Alves and John Howard. I mean, they're... I, I think I think in general I think everyone is is, is wanting um, you know like a UFC one one hundred type card every time out. I mean, really the card should yeah. be you know you should it should be headlined by a good fight. I mean that's you can have an average card below it if the main event is awesome. If it's a three round five round war, the rest of the card everyone will say is great. You know, I mean it's how how it ends really. You know. Well, yeah, that that is true, but I just feel that, like, looking at it, like, like Tiago and John Howard definitely has the makings of, uh, of, of a great fight. Danzig and Stevenson as well. I like Jim Miller, but, you know, it's like he's fighting Charles Oliveira, which, yeah, he, he, Charles Oliveira is not a fucking tomato can, but, again, is it something you give a shit about? It's like McCorkle and, and Struve. It's like the second, it's almost like a co, you know, the, the co-main event on the card, so to speak. It's the second to last one announced. Whether they open or not, who knows. But think about it. When I tell you that casually, does it make you give a shit? No. <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, this, this card, uh, like, with, you know, definitely with Josh, the matchups for us, you know, pure fans, some really good matchups there. Um, frankly, the, card, the, the fight, ironically enough, I know you just mentioned it, but the fight I'm looking the most forward to on that card, um, because I can't look forward to a Josh Koscheck fight, so it's Uh-oh. not the main event, even though I love George St. Pierre, but is Charles Oliveira Jim Miller? Um, yeah. I think Charles Oliveira could be the single most talented, you know, young fighter, and that's with John Jones and everyone else, uh, thrown in the mix in the entire, uh, MMA world. So going against a Jim Miller, we're really going to get to see if this guy truly is a Jose Aldo, you know, Silva when he's on, uh, you know, elite-type Brazilian fighter. I think he is. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to that fight uh, more than, um, you know, any other fight. Well, I see that Amy's on the line. Let me, just, let me just bring her in real quick. Amy, what's up? What's up, guys? What's up, Amy? Welcome, welcome to my house. Hello. <laughs> Yay, finally. I'm, I'm up late enough. I'm so excited to talk to you, Rich. Yay. Good. I'm glad, oh, I'm glad yeah. to have I'm glad to have all uh, uh both of you guys and of course you ma'am uh, as well. So um we 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 got a we got a lot to discuss. Of course, I'm sure you were listening. I was you know telling Josh and Gary how other than Koscheck and GSP the the 124 card doesn't it doesn't jump out at me to want to part with yep. 50 bucks. Don't, don't get me wrong, the fights are, are there, but I don't know. It just doesn't get me like that. What do you what do you what are your thoughts on it? Um, I you know I agree. Uh, the Miller brothers that will be kind of cool. I'd like to see Ricardo Almeida again. Um, Mark Bochek's all right. I, you know it's just one of those Tiago. I'm not excited about anymore. Um, John Howard I like, but I mean, really, I, I'll probably end up watching it only because I want nothing more than to see Koscheck get his ass handed to him, but 
you know, I don't know. I, you know. That's a card that I would go to a bar to see and probably not pay for at home. Nice. Well, what? Do you, well, with that said, uh, what? And everybody seems to really hate Koscheck, but for argument's sake, you know, and just to play devil's advocate, what if Koscheck wins? For you know, what? How does that change the landscape of the welterweight division? What, I mean, what, let, let's look at it from that standpoint. What if he wins? What's next? It's like, yeah, he'll fight Jake Shields. Do you think he has a shot of even retaining against Shields? With just wrestling and and and, and you know some some decent stand up, I think he's got a better well, shot than uh, the crowd has of staying awake during that fight. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, David? Well, you're talking to well, you're talking to people that like to wrestle. So does he have a shot? I mean, he'll think he has a shot. And to be honest with you, I don't mind that style. I'm a big Fitch fan, as as we've all heard on my show, but. You know, Shields didn't make the most impressive debut for a UFC fight, and um, I think that maybe him versus Koscheck isn't something that the masses would be excited about, but I guess it would probably be what would happen next. I don't I'd be excited to see it, only because I don't particularly like either of them. But, you know, I'd watch, I guess. What about you, yeah. Josh? What do you what do you think in, in regards to that? Like like the potential for a you know just like I said, devil's advocate, a cost check and and shields fight. Well, I mean, first off, I mean the first thing that's going to happen if if cost check was to win is is we'll we'll hear John Finch say Finch say that he's uh moving up to a uh, middleweight because you know he doesn't want any part of uh, of a division that has uh, cost check as the champ. So. That'll be the first thing that happens. Um, yeah, cost check, shields. Uh, I, I want to see it, but uh, it'll definitely be 15 minutes of rolling around on the ground. The shit talking will be good. The shit talking. The shit talking. I think would be good, just because cost check. Cost check will make it a point, and this is where, even though I don't like him, and and something tells me that his persona, outside of the cage and out and away from cameras. Is, is a smidge dialed down than what he is in front of a camera. I feel that he would try his hardest to sell the fuck out of a fight with him and Shields because he knows that nobody gives a shit. He probably has no. to. <laughs> exactly. He's going to have to sell the fuck out of that fight. But, um, yeah, I agree. But, by the way, did you hear, um, last year if you guys heard the rumor, not even sure if it's a rumor, it might even just be something that's on the verge of being true, which is, BJ Penn is going to fight John Fitch next? Yep, that's legit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Dana announced that at the presser. Yeah. Poor John Fitch. I feel bad for the poor fucking guy. It's like I know I know a lot of people think that he's boring and whatnot, but it's like here's your title <laughs> shot. Oh, yeah, Jake Shields is here. Fuck your title <laughs> shot. And, um, yeah, we're just going to sacrifice you to BJ Penn, who, you know, has been fucking getting power from Hawaii Five-0. And he's just gonna come in there. And he's just gonna come in there and win by soul rape. And then John Finch is just gonna move up and he's gonna move up and wait. And I feel bad. But you know what? So that's... Go ahead, Amy. Go ahead. No, that's oh, that's bullshit gonna... anyway. Because if he's gonna lose to Penn, he's gonna lose to Penn. But he should have had the opportunity to lose to Penn when it was a title shot. Yep. See, that that's what I'm saying. It's like he's been promised. I just felt bad that Dana went public and offered him the title shot. And I actually had had called into R.J. Clifford's show, and R.J. Clifford, he put it in perspective like, well, you know, you got to look at the money fight. You know, nobody's seen Shields at his full potential. And don't get me wrong, Shields didn't impress the shit out of me either with his weight cut and looking like an AIDS patient at the weigh-ins. 
That shit didn't help me. It didn't. It didn't impress me. And then you know he comes in there. He barely wins. And then Dane is like, yeah, 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 he'll get a title shot. I think that Dane is just looking at it from the standpoint that, you know, he'll fight George. George may fuck him up. But you know what? I got my money's worth, you know? So he's looking at it like that. But I just feel bad that Fitch got promised it. And it's like, no, but now you fight Penn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, was I, kind I of, it was kind of fucked up. Yeah, but I don't feel bad. As far as Fitch goes, um, you know, one one thing is uh, again, you know, him and Koscheck always saying they don't want to fight each other. So you know, right off the bat, if, if Koscheck wins, you know, exactly. and as like it's mentioned, yeah, I mean, are they not going to fight? So you know, I, I think if but both of them are coming out to Dana and saying they don't want to fight each other. You know, Dana doesn't have to go out of his way to give Fitch a title shot uh, if it's going to sort of uh, right off the bat eliminate a potential top contender from fighting him, which is. Koscheck or vice versa. So, and you know, the second second thing is that frankly, Fitch didn't doesn't deserve a title shot. You know, I know people think okay, he's beaten some of the top guys, but there's nothing different about him right now than you know the John Fitch that got his ass kicked by George Saint Pierre. So, you know, unless he wins impressively, I just don't think he deserves another title shot. I'm sorry. But well, you know, I and I and I'd, I'd agree with you. But you know what the problem is when he, when Dana made it public that he would get the title shot. That's kind of what got my goat in the sense that it's like, all right, it's public. He's getting the title shot, and then you go, all right, well, fuck you. I said it in public, but I don't give a shit. I'm the boss, and now Shields is getting the shot. You know, it's like if that was gonna be the the move, then don't say anything. Don't make a number one contendership fight with him and Thiago, and then afterwards say he's going to fight for the belt. It, that's, that, that's what kind of fucked it. That's what kind of fucked yep. me up. It's not even the fact that, that, you know, that Fitch is boring to some or his style. I, I could give two shits because either way it goes, somebody's getting beat down, and, and that's what we tune in for. What, what, got my, what gets on my nerves is the fact that, you know, you make it public. You say, all right, dude, you're next. And then it's like, yeah, well, you know, the new flavor of the month is here, so fuck you, even though the guy earned it. That's what bothers me. Like, like he didn't go in there and not fight Tiago and, 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 and get hit. You know what I mean? If I get in there and I get hit, I want my fucking title shot. And he was saying that he'd be open to fighting Koscheck, and I know that Koscheck would go out of his way to make him fight. Like, I've, I told a few people, Koscheck would probably turn into the ultra dick just to motivate Fitch to fight him if it became a title, a title fight. But you know what, though? Even if you don't think that he's been, like, explosive and amazing and incredible, there comes a point, though, where you have to think, like, he he, he just keeps getting shit on. You know, like, yep. he gets Ben That's Saunders, who stepped in. You know, he, he beats him convincingly, of course. He gets Tiago, comes in overweight. He still beats him. You know, he gets promised the title shot. He doesn't get it. Now he gets BJ Penn after he doesn't have the title anymore. You know, he said, if I have to, I'll fight Koscheck. I don't really want to. When do you, when do you as a fighter, be like, hey, Dana, fuck you? You know, because you're not going to give me what I want. You're not going to give me what I can deserve. So, you know, he, he knows he can't go anywhere else. Well, I think I think in Fitch's case, and it's true, it, it, at some point you've got to be like, you know what, Dana, fuck you, because I beat everybody in this division except the champion, so I should. But the way I see it is that if you wanted to jump on the fucking sh- on Shields nuts, then it should have been Shields and Fitch. Winner fights GSP, boom, that's it. Right. Don't, don't you know, don't, you know, like, like Shields shouldn't have fought, you know, whatever, you know, I don't even remember who he fought, which is fucked up. But 
Shield shouldn't have fought that guy first. He should have said, all right, you're coming in, you're the champion in your organization, you're going to fight the number one contender. Winner of the fight fights GSP. Everybody would have been happy. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I agree with that. I would have been fine right. with that. Well, yeah. Let's let's, let's get into the let's get into the, into the meat into the meat and potatoes. Let's talk UFC 123. I'm I'm gonna hop around because I know there's some fights that jumped around that that you know definitely got a lot of people talking. And I want to talk about Dennis Holman and Carl Parisian. And I'll start with uh, I'll start ladies first. I'll start with Amy first. What'd you think? Wow, what was that about? What was that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't have to go first, Gary. You're more than welcome. I'm just kidding. Jeez, oh, Pete. Um, you know, we talked about that. <laughs> we talked about that fight, um, you know, obviously last week. And, you know, Carl, I don't think anybody's real surprised. I'm not, I don't think anybody's surprised that he lost. I don't think anybody's surprised he got cut. Um, all in all, I was a little annoyed that it got airtime like it did. I mean, I don't know why they had to air that fight two or three times. So other than that, I wasn't surprised that he lost. I wasn't surprised it was a TKO, and I wasn't surprised he's gone. So not exciting to me. Uh, Josh? Great. <laughs> that, was, that was great. <laughs> you weren't surprised about anything, huh? <laughs> Were you? I mean, did you think he was going to come in and, and perform a miracle? After seeing him at the weigh-ins, I, I could have right. uh, said that he you know, was going to lose the way he did. He looked horrible at the weigh-ins. He was horrible so for, at the weigh-ins and at the fight. Well, yeah, well, I knew, I knew once he looked horrible at the weigh-ins, he was going to look horrible at the fight. I mean, you would think that coming back to the UFC, he would have been in a little bit better shape than that. He just didn't look – he looked bad. Yeah. Well, I agree. By the way, I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to to, to mention uh, people should check out an article that um, appeared in uh, ESPN uh, today on Carol Parisian and just talking about the pure hell that this poor poor bastard's been going through. Um, even before this fight uh, in the dressing room, I mean, he's he basically is so. Uh, it really taken with his panic attacks and, and and frankly his problems with prescription drugs and everything that his opponent didn't even in essence register to him before the fight. He, I mean he's he's a very very sick man, Carol Parisian, okay. and and yeah. So I think at this point it's not even that he's not even he can't even form a shell of his former self. Um, he's just a very very sick person who needs help and. Um, it's it's terrible. I mean, if you just again check out that ESPN article, and um, it's it's like he's he's basically tortured inside, and it's it's just scary. And I I feel for him. All right. Well, here here and and, and you know I know some people are gonna listen and think it's fucked up. Let me let me tell you something. If you have problems, mental or otherwise, and you go to a professional and they tell you you're mentally fucked up then why are you going to disillusion yourself and continue down this road? Like, there has to be something else you, you know, there has to be something else you can do. Let me tell you something. I, I found out when I was 14 that I was adopted. Um, I found my biological family. Uh, they're all fuck-ups. Uh, my <laughs> biological father's dead. Uh, he tried to drop me out a window before they gave me away. 
You see what I'm saying? My story's fucked up. But I'm not going to sit here and expect the whole world to bend over and fucking you know, allow me to give it to them up the ass. It's stupid. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody has their demons. But to continuously put them out there, it's like, dude, if you're that fucked up, then stay your ass home. It's terrible. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds a little callous and it sounds a little heartless, but you've got to think about it. At some point, people are just, pe- nobody gives a fuck about you as a human being. They don't. Other than your family and some people that rely on you. Him coming, no, out there and telling, him coming out there and telling people, you know, I have all these problems and I'm on all this medication, go to fucking rehab. See a shrink. Go see Dr. Phil. Get a hug. Yeah, I don't know. But I, 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 yeah, 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 but I, I, <laughs> I think it might be even worse than that. By the way, as an aside, I'm sorry, I, I never knew your father was Michael Jackson. I'm sorry about that. But. Yeah, well, well, no, you know what it is? <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. You know, I, if I sat here and put my, 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 my shitty origins on the air, some of you fuckers would probably cry. But there's no necessity for that because I don't want I don't want the pity party. I don't want to hop on that train. Yeah. And we know that Caro had problems. We know he had drug issues. We've known that, and that and and it's and it's unfortunate. Dana gave him the opportunity. He's not where he should be professionally. Then you know withdraw from the sport. Go into exile for a little bit. Get your demons addressed. Get that shit taken care of. And if it's meant for you to continue fighting, then continue fighting. But don't jump on board thinking you're halfway recovered when you're not. And then use that as an excuse. Am I wrong? I mean, do you guys agree, disagree? I mean... I disagree. I agree. I like to see what the other people say. I do disagree. But go ahead. I agree with that. Josh and Amy say. Okay, thank you. Well, I think that I think that on the one hand, you know, you got to realize that if you know you're fucked up in any way, like Rich said, you know, you know you have problems. Either one, you're not doing yourself any favors and not hoping to get any help or improve upon your situation by going in a different direction, i.e., fighting, or you're going to use it as an, as an excuse. You know, if he won, it's a great story. He's doing better. That's the one thing yep. that saved him. You know, all these great things. But if he lost, I'm not saying it's an excuse. I mean, obviously, he still got cut, and a lot of people probably don't feel sorry for him, but it's a legit reason to say, hey, this is why I had a shitty performance. This is why I'm not in good shape. So why why put yourself in either position? Because either, you know, like, if you are in, in the first position of winning and making yourself look so great, what happens when your entire world does crumble and you are in a mental facility or you do overdose or you are completely fucked up for the world to see? Then you're, you put yourself on an even higher pedestal for everybody to see your problems and, and know your issues and be even more fucked up. There you go. Well said. Damn what well about said. you, Josh? I have to agree with, with Amy. Um, you know, just get off my TV and go get help. There you hey, go. Bingo. All right, Gary, I know you disagree. What do you got? I'll tell you what. Normally, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who can't stand excuses and everything, but, um, you know, in this case, this guy really does have a severe disorder. Um, the other thing you've got to remember is he's fought since he was 14 years old. He doesn't know anything else. He can't make money any other way. So if he's got a shot at basically, you know, and again, he might be fooling himself, but at least appearing on a big card and maybe catching lightning in a bottle, you almost can't blame him because he kind of probably looks at it like, you know, he doesn't know what's going to happen from day to day, so he might as well at least take this this shot if it's given to him. Um, You know, that being said, I do, you know, realistically, you know, realistic 
uh, being realistic, excuse me, about it, uh, you know, he, he obviously knew he wasn't in shape, and he kind of owed it to the promotion to just bow out. But again, he's already bowed out a few fights before, so if he did it again, he was finished for good. So it's kind of a rock and a hard place he was in. And, um, you know, again, when it comes to the type of illness he has, I, I just know people who have similar illnesses. I just know it's they'd rather have their leg cut off than have what he has. So it, it really is just a just a debilitating, debilitating, you know, almost being in an internal prison type of illness that he has. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. And I don't even like him personally. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an asshole. You know, but and especially his little dipshit of a cousin or nephew, whatever he is, that Jose Aldo choked out, but I found it out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I do feel for him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> I, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I feel for him too. I just think that, like, very, very succinctly put, um, John Scream Thirteen on Twitter. All he said, and I, I think this is it in a nutshell, was the dude needs Dr. Drew, not Herb Dean. Yes. And, and and that's it. And you know, you know, I like I like and Gary, I, I I definitely understand. You know, especially from a mental illness standpoint. But you know what it is? You're 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 a you're a judo you're a judo prodigy. Why not teach? Why not open your own school? There's other avenues that you can still contribute to the sport of mixed martial arts. And at least while you're in treatment, find other avenues to 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 lend your talents to the sport. That, that's, that's a great point. Saying. That's you a know, very good point. That's you know, go point. into color commentary, coach, mm-hmm. do do something. You know, become a go to a school and, and and help out, give back to the sport that made you who you are. That might even be therapeutic. Yeah. How how about if he loses weight and becomes a stunt devil for uh, John Turturro? Hey, you never know. That might work too, especially if he wears <laughs> some uh, some Sector Seven <laughs> pants for another Transformers flick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, all right, fuck him. Let's move on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Joe, La- Joe Lazan and George Sotteropoulos. Amy, thoughts? Um, you know what? I'm not a big Joe Lazan fan. So um, if that said, going into this fight, I kind of thought that he would take it anyway. I thought he'd probably get a submission, and I thought it'd probably come pretty quick. And I, I do like George Sotteropoulos, so I was pretty excited. Um, I, I thought um, I, I wasn't completely shocked to death once I saw how it went down, but you know, like I said, I picked Jayla, so I, I, I was glad to off list. I hope he keeps on moving up. Josh, Gary. Oh, Josh, go ahead. Um, I like the fight. Um, I, I thought it was going to be one of the better fights of the night, and uh, it's basically the pair of two rounds. I mean. Lozon came out and dominated the first, and Gaff lost in the uh, second round. So it was a good fight. Yeah, I I also definitely agree. I think Sotteropoulos is a guy who, you know, people obviously have been very high on, and um, this was really a crossroads fight to a large degree, um, or almost like a gatekeeper uh, as far as Lozon. Uh, being the gatekeeper for Sotteropoulos, and um, he he definitely, um, you know, passed his test, and now he is not just a prospect anymore. He's a genuine top top lightweight contender. So uh, I thought it was really impressive. And the thing, I, again, that I like about George is he does have tough fights, doesn't get discouraged, and, um, you know, seems to really learn after a tough first round. He really is able to adjust to opponents, um, 
very, very smart fighter. So uh, he's, he's for real. Yeah, he's for real. Me and Josh, we joked about the whole long pants fucking uh, scuba suit that uh, Joe Lazar was <laughs> complaining that uh, Sadaropoulos wears. And I think that, uh, I think that was a, a motivating factor for, for George to go in there and, 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 and beat Joe Lazan up because I think that he might have been annoyed about those type of allegations and he just came in. He's like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to come in here dressed as fucking Iron Man and you're going to lose. And um, I think there was definitely a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a chip on, on George's shoulder to go in there and prove himself based on, a, on ability and not so much on just, you know, just the fight, you know, his, his talent alone. He wanted to go in there and say, you know what, everybody think, is thinking this because of what this guy said. I'm going to go in there and make a statement. And Joe Lazan is, 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 is his BJJ is great. So, you know, it's yeah. crazy that he got in there and he got Kamora'd, and it was with relative ease, you know. It wasn't even no – it wasn't a lot of bullshit. It was like, oh, there's the arm, and that was it. Yeah, and he also he held up on that Kimura, you know, which you know Lozon went on his Twitter later and and thanked him for it. There you go, <laughs> and you know I respect that. I respect the honesty from from Joe, and and you know he you know the guy came in and he's like, look, the, the guy was a better fighter. I hate the guys that that they're like, oh, you know, he you know he got lucky. It's like, hey, he, he fucking almost ripped my arm out. Thanks for not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for giving me another day to wipe my ass. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, uh, Miguel Falcao and Gerald Harris, of course. Gerald Harris got cut after this fight. Um, Amy, what, what what do you think? Do you think that, um, you know, this definitely caught up the whole, you know, WEC merger that like you had talked about with more cuts happening? <sighs> Man, you know, I have been on a pretty serious rage about this all day long. Um, I think that as far as the fight goes, um, I think everybody probably was a little surprised um, mm-hmm. with Falco because, you know, it was his debut and all that. And it was shootbox, maybe not so surprising, but, you know, he's um, he, he was fairly impressive. But it was a boring fight overall for, for you know, all intents and purposes of, of, well, the entire rest of the card, you know, was probably more exciting or more explosive than that. But the whole thing was just fucked up. You know, the first round, the buzzer went off too soon. The round ended early. You know, Gerald probably wouldn't have made it through that choke. Um, The second round was just kind of the same as the first. The third round, nothing happened, you know, which obviously frustrated Gerald. So, you know, the decision was fine. That's probably how it should have gone. But it was just just fucked up. You know, the first round had me pissed off from go. The third round, how he acted, pissed me off. The cut pissed me off. You know, and, and like I said, and like you brought up a couple of times, the WEC merger, that may not be the whole reason. I mean, I think he had a four-fight contract. That was the fourth fight. So, I mean, you know, if they didn't want to bring him back, they didn't want to bring him back. And if they didn't consider that exciting, that's fine. It wasn't exciting. But I don't see how you go from knocking, you know, having three incredible fights, essentially, and doing something that a lot of fighters don't do, which is bringing, you know, your fight in the UFC to the mainstream on ESPN like he did with the highlight he got. Um, I, I don't think that was the right cut. I'm sure there's stories that we don't know, but um, anyway, That's I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I could go on all night. I'm so irritated about it all. Of all the cuts that have gone on the last couple of months, that, that's the most fucked up one. Thank you. I, I agree. He had a fucking yeah. KO by slam. You know, not since Rampage have I heard, have I seen another KO by slam where I, where I literally jumped out of my seat. I was like, holy right. shit. 
I'm like, that motherfucker's dead, <laughs> you know? I have to tell I, I, you, I have to tell you too, Rich, that you want to talk about exciting. Josh, Josh also, Josh and I were both there at that fight, and I don't think, I don't think people screamed half as loud for any part of Carwin or Lesnar as they did when they saw that fucking slam. Yeah, because yeah. you don't see that every day. You know, that, that, that's, you know the, the big highlight reel has always been in terms of a KO by slam has always been Rampage. And the fact that you right. have another guy come in there and just, and just, you know, fucking give a guy a fatality in the octagon is, is huge, you know? <laughs> Everybody, you know, I was like, holy shit. And, and that's what you, you want to see. You know, you want to see exciting fights like that. And for the fact that he's an, a, such an exciting fighter, he was not to say that, the, that he was mismatched stylistically, but it's one fucking loss. You got motherfuckers there that have lost a couple of times that are still employed. Right. Shit. Well, I mean, that's... well, but not even a couple times. What about like Tito? The guy doesn't even put asses in seats anymore. He doesn't sell that many pay per views, and the fucking guy hasn't won since two thousand six. And you're going to cut Gerald Harris? There you go. But you know what the problem is with Tito? And I'll tell you, the thing with Tito is Tito's in Tito's the fucking phantom zone of MMA. Shit goes in, gets lost, and doesn't come out. And that's what happens. You know, people get sucked into these fights. They're like, oh, shit, Tito's fighting. Everybody does it. Everybody I know says, I want to see Tito either get beat up or I want to see Tito. When you get sucked in, and Dana White knows that, he knows that regardless of whether Tito is fan favorite or heel, people want to see it. And Dana White's going to squeeze that titty for as much as he can. And when he realizes, like you said, he's not putting asses in seats, then we're going to give him a fight that's going to end his career, hence the Nog fight. Because let's be honest. Nog, Nog can. Oh, I'd say there's a, 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 at least a, a 90% chance that Nog is beating Tito decisively. Yes. You know, it, 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 that's how I see it. But the, the selling for that is going to be big because everybody's going to tune in and see if it's Tito's last fight. Will he retire? You know what I mean? Like, like Dana White's fucking master strategist. He knows, we'll put Tito in this fight, people will tune in to see if he loses, if he's going to retire. Or, you know, if he wins and it's a resurgence of, of a new Tito Ortiz. Count me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't. I, I know you, you know, you, you definitely, you, you, you're definitely going to strongly feel that way, but I've, I've kind of figured it out with Tito. At least that's how I feel I've kind of figured out that that's how they want to they want to market Tito. And you know what? If Tito loses, Dana White's going to be like, "Look, you're fucking retiring. If you want to stay in the UFC, you know, you can be a color commentator or some shit, or you can do something with the sport like Chuck does, be an ambassador for the sport. But you're not getting in the cage anymore. That's that's what I think is going to happen if he loses. Dana doesn't want to give that up. Tito has that fucking unique knack of bringing motherfuckers in. I know casuals, casual fans that fucking know nothing about M- that know nothing about MMA, but they're like, "Oh yeah, Tito Ortiz, the blonde guy." And that, that's all they say, and I'm like, "Yeah, that guy." <laughs> but I'm bummed about the Gerald Harris thing. I thought, you know, I thought he got a fucking shitty deal. What well, you, you what you think of deal? What you think, Josh, of the fight overall? And you know, obviously, you know, Gerald Harris is uh, cut. Uh, I mean, the, the fight overall was all right. I mean. He he was he was pretty much done in that you know at the end of that first round and you know the rest of the fight was was, was pretty boring. Um, the the cut I think something else is going on in there. I think something happened. Um, there's so many other fighters like like we just talked about that that should be cut before him. 
I mean, there's been five fighters cut, um, you know, just in the last you know week from the last uh, two events, and his doesn't make any sense. You can you can make a, a case for everyone else. I mean, they've either lost several in a row or like Carl Parisian, uh, but Gerald Harris doesn't make any sense, and I really think something else is going on, and there's something happened backstage, or his contract's up and he wants big money, something. Yeah, it's like the Todd Duffy cut, you know, and Todd Duffy got cut. To everybody everybody for months was like, what the fuck was that about? And then all of a sudden, you know, it started trickling out that other yeah. shit happened. I have a feeling that it's going to be the same thing for Gerald Harris. Yeah. Definitely. But it's really stupid if if he does it if he picks a time right after a loss to ask for more money. That'd be really a moron. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's not that's not that's definitely not the move. What'd you think of the fight, Gary? Um, I, I also agree uh with what Josh and Amy said. Um, you know, after the first round, um you know, it pretty much seemed <laughs> to be over. I mean you know, the other thing which um you know I didn't really appreciate was um uh, it's Sal Kao, whatever the hell his last name is, holding the choke. Uh, you know, holding that choke too long after the bell. He really did hold it for a few extra seconds, which, um, you know, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy like him, a total Bush League move as far as I'm concerned. Um, totally agree with Amy. You know, let's just, forgetting the potential extenuating circumstances makes goes totally against everything that Dana talks about where he won't cut people who are in exciting fights if they lose. I mean, here's a guy who knocked out everyone he's faced in the UFC. Um, and then even before he got in UFC, he had a very impressive punch uh, KO over very tough Nisan Osternak. Um, it makes no sense why he was cut. So, uh, you know, unless Dana comes out and tells people there are extenuating circumstances, uh, this completely goes against everything he said. Uh, by the way, has anyone heard? Is, is, I haven't heard, but I'm, I'm hoping that hasn't happened about Matt Brown. Has he been cut? No, I haven't. No, heard Matt Brown actually. Ahead, no, he's not cut. Right, no, he's not cut. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a good prospect to watch, man. I was like, you know, I was like, don't don't cut that guy. I like I like Matt Brown from the Ultimate Fighter. He just he just looks like a serial killer. Like you should have somebody's head in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, going back to Dana White there, I mean, him going back on his word, I mean, that's not something that, that I mean, he does it all the time. So, I mean, <laughs> Sad but true. I mean, he did it just in this season of The Ultimate Fighter. I mean, he sat there and told everybody that the wild card was going to be the person who put on the best fight, yet the guy who got the wild card was the yep. guy who got choked out. Good point. Seven You're seconds right. Or something. You know what? Yeah. I don't not, not to not to jump off of that for a second, but how the fuck does that happen? That dude got Politics. put to sleep. That 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 dude got put to put to sleep in the in the time it took me to take a leak. I t- I got up. I said I'll be right back. I come back. He's sleeping. How the fuck does that happen? And then that guy gets the, gets the wild card. I was disgusted when I saw that. I'm like, fuck that guy. Politics. Ugh. But um, I got I I wanted me and Josh talked about this, and um, even though it wasn't, it got televised after the fact. The Edson Barboza Mike Lulo fight. Hey. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <Go> ahead. 
No, I'm just saying that I, I my my I couldn't watch it anymore, man. My my legs just gave out watching. Yeah. <laughs> those, well, those, know, are, those are bad kicks. No, the, you know what it reminded me of? Fucking Jose Aldo and, and Uriah Faber kicks. Uriah Faber. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. And it was funny because, you, you know, Josh had said last week, he's like, you know, Edson Barboza has, you know, he has a nice little rep. He might come in there and do some damage. And holy shit. <laughs> he wasn't playing. No. Really good prospect. Yeah, I, I definitely hope he gets uh, he gets some some televised love. You know what I'm saying? He could get up on the, on on the TV so people can see that because that was that was disgusting. Like that guy needs to be on a fight night just for that. <laughs> yeah. I agree. All right. I agree. Very impressive. Speaking of, actually, um, Lulo actually said last night on another show that he was going to have another fight with UFC, and that Dana told him that he was fairly impressed with him anyway. Oh, nice. Oh. Good shit. He came in really late for Darren Elkins, so, you know, got to give him the credit. I mean, he faces this absolute killer um, and goes to the third round and shows a lot of guts. I, I You know what? I think he, he deserves another shot. I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, Dana, that's true. Was, Dana likes that shit. Yep. All right. Uh, Penn, use. Um, he got knocked <laughs> out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not much well, to say well, there. I, oh yeah, of course. But but what, what I, the, the the real question is, what now for Matt Hughes? I mean, you know, we'll, we'll we'll go with Amy first. What what now? You know, he got fucking you know murder, death, killed. <laughs> he got one in seven. <laughs> <laughs> so what now? Um, you know what? I this is probably the chick in me talking, but. And, you know, I feel so bad for him. You know, he left his family. He doesn't normally do that for his training camp. He put in the work. He, you know, he said he did, felt like he had a perfect everything, you know, for at least 20 seconds. But it's just like, you know, where does he go? You're right. There's no answer. And I, I'm with him and, and with Dana. With Where the fuck do you go? Who knows? You know, like he didn't even really sound real confident that uh, he might even really want to fight again no less soon. So I would hate to see that, but... I don't. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. I would like to see him fight again. I couldn't even tell you against who. I just. I. I didn't like that fight. I don't. I'm not even no. a BJ Penn fan, so it was just not. Not what I wanted to see. It was hard Gosh. seeing Matt Hughes <laughs> after the fight. He. I mean, he was. You could definitely see the. The the aching in his heart from losing that fight. I mean, he said it. He had a perfect, you know, training camp and was ready to go, and he got caught, and he was devastated. I mean. They, it sucks, you know, after the fights, they showed him backstage, you know, and he's sulking. It's like, get the camera off the guy, man. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, way to televise the man's fucking mental breakdown. Nice work. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> I, 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 he wasn't I even what sulking. Like, he was All right, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that uh, I have a theory on Matt Hughes that um, uh, he has some type of uh, – little device implanted in him that uh, basically does not allow him to go uh, even one round if uh, Dennis Hallman is within a one-mile radius. So I think that's why he lost. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's the Hallman factor? <laughs> it's the Hallman factor. Oh, my God. <laughs> he stopped you know, you, uh, two times in one round. <laughs> you, you know, it, the dummy cup is, I don't know that. <laughs> you know what it is? I, I think that... 
he got caught. And you know what it is? Anybody can get caught. What bugs me is the fact that everybody's like, oh, my God, what about what happens to him now? You know, like, like, like they write him off automatically, like on television. You're like, oh, well, I don't know what happens. It's like, it's like the, anybody can get there. You can get knocked out fucking walking to the bodega. It can happen to fucking anybody. It's like he got caught. BJ Penn went in there with the fucking, you know, he had some spam, spam and fried rice. He was ready to rock and roll. And he came in lighter, he was faster, and he had a lot more power in his hands. It, it, it happens, but, you know, I definitely think Matt Hughes still still got a couple of fights in him, man. I wouldn't yeah. write him off well, at all. The, the, the problem with the fight ending like this is we don't learn anything. I mean, we don't learn shit. Every, everyone says, you know, everyone goes, it, since it was such an extreme, you know, 21-second knockout, everyone goes, Oh, pin back, and then everyone says, excuse me, to retire. Well, we really didn't learn anything, you know? Can I tell you I hate when they go, when somebody does something dramatic and they're back? It's like, where the fuck were they? Before the fight happened. They were fucking there. Oh, my God, BJ Penn is back. Back from where? Not having his yes-men tell him to jump in the pool again so they can see it? You know, not, not coming back from not coming back from surfing? Give me a fucking break. Oh, BJ Penn, he's back. No, he's not. He just fucking clubs Matt Hughes like a baby seal. That's all. <laughs> move, the, move the fuck on. Oh, my God, he's back. Fuck you. He, he knocked him out, and it was good. I hate that. No, there's no worse term than that. If, if, let me tell you something. If BJ Penn had lost four fights in a row and he won his next nine fights, then BJ Penn is back. But, you know, he, he, he lost two competitive fights with, with Frankie Edgar. And Frankie Edgar put a put an ass whooping on him, and they wrote him off. And then he just figured, all right, let me go up to another weight division and see what happens. He's not necessarily back. It's like you said, in 20 seconds, you don't learn shit. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're right about that. I mean, all you got to look at, uh, you know, see a perfect example of that type of, uh, you know, scenario is Houston Alexander, uh, you know, against, you know, first of all, Keith Jardine. Uh, you know, I mean, that was a fight, you know, two-second knockout, whatever. And then that was it. You know, Jardine went on to actually become a really top contender. You know, when you have a knockout that fast, all it means is the guy got caught quick. That's all it means. That's it. And and look at Houston Alexander. He got sacrificed to the fucking ogre that lives in Kimbo Slice's beard. So, you know, (laughs) that's what I fucking learned. It's like, oh, yeah, Houston Alexander. That's the other thing I hate. One guy wins disgustingly, and all of a sudden everybody's like, the division better be on notice. It's like he won once. Where? Where does that happen? You know, it's not like like John Bones Jones. You know, he comes in there, he fucking three decisive fights. Even the Matt Hamill fight. Which you know, you know, yep. he got DQ'd for. It's like he was whooping the deaf guy's ass. <laughs> you know, let's <laughs> let's call it let's call it like let's call it like we see it. That was a that, that's considered a crime in many states. And he he proceeded to whoop his ass, and that's when you know I said, "Wow, the division better be on notice," because Matt Hamill, regardless of what people think of him, you know, Matt Hamill goes in there and he fucking hits hard. You know, he hits like a fucking mule. And John Bones Jones just handled him perfectly. So there I can say, all right, you know, the, the division should take notice. But fucking one one twenty second KO, not so much. BJ Penn chokes all the fucking time. So he could just as easily beat Hughes in 20 seconds and have GSP beat his ass for five rounds. It, it's happened, and we all know this. Mm. Yep, yep. Well, that's very true, very true, um... 
By the way, just throwing it out, what is people's predictions on uh, BJ's next fight against Fitch? I, I think he's going to be mauled for three rounds. He might. BJ Penn may not be Fitch ready wins. for that. Yeah, Fitch, Fitch may take that. And and once That's, again, yeah. BJ Penn, you know, 20 seconds didn't teach you shit. Fitch is going to go in there and fucking short elbows to your, to your, to your Buddha-like forehead for, 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 for 15 minutes. <laughs> he does. BJ Penn... Have you ever noticed BJ Penn's jaw has no shape? It's like his Dude, he has no neck. <laughs> he looks like a Buddha. He looks like a little Buddha. Like, I just want him to rub his head and make a wish. He's going to be a guy who blows up by the time he... When he retires, like, two years after he's retired, he's going to be like Prince Maxime. He's going to be like a five foot four guy who's like 250 pounds. No doubt about that. I'm telling you, I love his post-fight. He's like, hey, man, you know... I come over from Hilo, and I find Matthews, and, and you know, the game plan, it came together. Uh, I just love watching him just fucking try and give a breakdown, because he's just, you could tell that he probably smokes a lot of weed when he's, when he's not training, you know, and not getting drug tested. Like, you could tell he's definitely, like, he'll sit there and he eats and drinks some poi and smokes some weed. <laughs> he just screams that. But, you know, I can make fun of BJ Penn all, all night, but, uh, Rampage and Machida. Amy, start it off. <laughs> um, I, well, I'm uh, apparently oh, no. the, I think, minority now that was not completely enraged that Rampage um, won. I wasn't. But, you know, no, well, you know, here's the thing, is that I certainly didn't give him the third round. Um, I did give him the second round, and I guess if you really want to split hairs and you want to talk about a couple kicks here and there, you know, I guess maybe the first round could have gone either way. Best that gives you is a draw. The people that were completely enraged that Machida should have gotten it are out of their fucking minds, and even if they are right, call it karma, you know? So that's how Mm -hmm. I feel about it. I'm glad Rampage won. Josh? Um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I don't really see there being an issue, um, you know, with the judges. If you would have, if, if you go by round by round scoring, then it was a split decision. It was, it is what it is. But if you went like, you know, who won the fight? Well, Machida did more damage. And I think that's where people are getting things, you know, confused. They see that Machida beat the shit out of him in the, the final round and won a, you know, nick and, you know, nitpick and try to give a round to Machida just because he kicked his ass in the last round. Well, yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I mean, overall, I, I have to be honest. I, I kind of thought Machida was going to win, um, but I have to say that I was very happy to, uh, you know, to see uh, Rampage win, and uh, it, it's nice to finally see someone like Machida who force his way to his decision, uh, actually get robbed. Or I don't even know if robbed is the right word here, but it's it's good to see him, like Amy said, uh, like karma, uh, kind of come out on the short end of his decision. So I, w- I was very happy about it because, you know, again, he's he's a guy who, uh, r- you know, honestly should not be headlining a pay-per-view card. So, you know, I, I, I salute the judges for this fight. Nice. Well, here's how I see it, and 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 you know, I, again, totally, totally because I'm a fan of violence. I wanted Rampage to come in there and just do something devastatingly awesome. It didn't happen, 
But I think that one of the reasons why Machida lost is because a lot of people are tired of his quote-unquote elusive style. If I wanted to see fucking people dance around a fucking circle, I'd watch Dancing with the Stars. You know, like his engagement, his engagement is, you know, and everybody's like, oh, he hops in and out. Yeah, but you know what it is? He hops in and out, and it's still fucking boring. You know, it's like, what? Right, but exactly. But if you, if you... If you've never seen Machida before and you know, say, you know a little bit of M- about MMA and you see one of his fights, it doesn't look elusive. His style makes it look like he's running away. Yep. And, I, that, and, I, and he did that for two rounds. And it's hard. If you're sitting there judging the fight, it's really hard to give a round to a guy who kicks and then, you know, when Rampage is going after him, is, is backpedaling and hitting the cage with his back and then moving to the side. Yep. It's it's it, it's a style, yes, but it it looks like he's running away. It does, and and you know what it is, and this is this goes into uh, you know uh, we can go into a whole diatribe about judging. You know, non MMA judges are going to be like, the fuck is he running for? You know, <laughs> MMA judges that know the sport are going to be like, okay, you know, we can like if if all three judges were all versed in MMA, whether they were veterans or 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 legit MMA practitioners at some point, I'm sure that Machida would have won that fight because people would have seen that he was using his style for that reason and he was using more of a counter-punching style. People that are looking at this fight on paper, and, you know, I watched the fight again with a couple of people that aren't MMA fans, and they go, what the fuck is he running around for? And I was telling them, like, well, that's part of his fighting style, and they were like, well, his fucking fighting style sucks. <laughs> You know, like, they were expecting, you know, and, I, you know, I showed them some Rampage stuff, and they were expecting, you know, holy shit, this guy's going to go in there and kill this guy. And, and I admire what Rampage said. He's like, you know, the guy beat my ass. And like you said, you can't come in there and do all your damage in the third round, and Rampage took two of them. Right. I just felt, you know, and, and I think a rematch would be, people are going to be let down because it was just, the, the, it was such an, an awkward blend of styles that, even though even though Rampage said he'll give him the rematch, I don't think Dana's going to go with that because he he's going to so. you know yeah people are just going to be like this shit was fucking boring. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Machida's Uh-oh. problem is 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 it, it's it's going to be whoever they match him up with. I mean, you you match him up with an aggressive guy, he's going to backpedal like that, and and you know Dana White and Joe Silva need to realize that that if they're going to put him up against you know say a John Jones. They better not put him as a main event because he's going to be running backwards a lot. Yep, it's going to yeah. be it's Machida and John Jones will be a fight I'd like to see because you know what, John Jones don't fuck around. He 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 runs in there. Bader yeah. too, you know those guys. Those guys want to engage, and Machida Machida's definitely going to be he's going to be caught off guard. It's going to be like Chael with Anderson Silva. Somebody's just going to come in there and it's going to be fist to face. Just like uh, Shogun did. Shogun didn't fucking entertain that dancing around. Shogun said, I'm just going to go in there and smash you, especially after, you know, you got over the first time. Mm. You know, John Jones fight, actually, that would be an actual uh, a fight with Nishida that I, I'd really be interested in seeing. Um, Hell yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, Me and Josh talked about that fight. last week. I think Jones would make his Jones's style would make Machida have to engage more because he kicks he kicks a lot and 
you know, there'll be exchanges on the outside when Jackson want, needs to get close, so he, he basically runs at Machida, and Machida then runs backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's true. It, it's interesting, um, you know, uh, Amy, didn't, Amy doesn't know this, but I actually come from a boxing background, and... <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure people have never heard of this fighter, but, you know, even though he was somewhat moving out to almost become a Hall of Famer, um, but it reminds me of Soto Machida, which was a fighter named Michael Nunn. <clears throat> I don't know if people ever remember him, but he was a lefty who was really a boring fighter, but very fluid and uh, elusive. And then he fought a guy, Sambu Kalambe, who, uh for his, was also a champion to unify the title, and in the first round landed a straight left, took out Colin Bay, and it's like for the next several fights, everyone was like high on him, and he's all of a sudden an exciting fighter and what have you. Um, I, I think to a large degree, Machida sort of is the same thing with that, the win over Rampage, how he won, uh, you know, kind of got people really high on him, and, uh, you know, he's sort of kind of showing that... Uh, that was more of an anomaly than, uh, you know, the real Machida. You know, and that, and you know, it's funny you put it that way, and it's true. The the elusiveness, every, and it's funny because, and, and I'm sure Josh has seen this, and I know Amy and, and and Gary have seen it. When Machida started coming out there and and fucking people up, everybody hopped on that Machida bandwagon mm-hmm. immediately because everybody's like. Oh my God, he's doing karate and and blah 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 and you know he looks like Ryu from Street Fighter and everybody was was was, <laughs> was hype was hype on him and then it's like when you realize that he he does a lot of of counter attacking and very minimal engaging people just fucking they hopped off that bandwagon quick everybody's like fuck that guy now I, I honestly yeah. think that you know I I like Machida I like that he, that you know he he you know he, he's a he's a true competitor I just don't like the fact that he's that he's really trying to be so elusive and 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 you know I'm using air quotes for it and it's winning him fights you win fights because of fighting not because of fucking moonwalking your ass around the cage that's not the way to fucking do things Yeah the Machida thing uh, went pretty fast yeah, Machida, Machida got hot, and then he, he fucking fizzled out immediately. Yeah, but even the Silver fight, you know, I mean, it was, he kind of landed that. I mean, it was a nice punch, but again, it was a quick knockout. Uh, that was Thiago Silver fight. Um, so, you know, you know, but again, it was, it was also more like you're saying counter, counter punch. And, uh, you know, when guys see that, uh, they sort of don't want to fall into that. And uh, he's not going to really initiate everything, anything, so... You know, it just makes uh, really makes for a boring fight. So, I, I personally would love to see. By the way, just talking about the fights, I'd love to see Rampage go against Ryan Bader. That I think would be a very interesting and and a fun fight. Hell yeah, that would be that would be sick to watch. That would be definitely a sick fight to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Gary. I, you had something else. Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna say. I think in that fight, honestly, I think Bader would win. I know people would disagree with me, but uh, I, mean, I would go with Bader. Bader Bader's a, a hungry dude. He, I, I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but I think that Rampage would definitely give him, give him a good fight. Oh, I agree. All right, All right. Uh, to close it out, of course, you know we got Strike Force coming up. Um, you know, I, I mentioned some of the fights on there. Herschel Walker pulled out. 
Um, Jesse Finney was also scratched off the card. They didn't give any reason yet. Um, how do you feel about this upcoming Strike Force event? Um, I'll start with Amy first. Um, you know what? To be honest with you, I have not even I haven't been keeping up on Strike Force as much lately, other than this last card. I I'm so unhappy with the with the promotion and the production and the quality and the commentating that like even though I like some of the fighters singularly and I'll I'll keep up with them, you know uh, Henderson Babalu that'll probably be a good fight. I'll probably watch that one. I don't even know if I'll watch the whole card. Like I just don't get excited enough anymore about it to really get into many of the fights. I like Robbie Lawler too. I'll be excited to see him, but. Uh, you know, sort of that. I don't have a breakdown for every fight. I I don't care about the entire card. I'm not even sure I'll watch it. Fair enough. I mean, I, I've been in that situation with Strike Force, so I can't blame you. I mean, their production is fucking. I've seen porno flicks with better production. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not impressed right now. Yeah, it's like it's like you know they're fucking holding up cue cards that say "Eat It Joe's" on the back, and you know it, they they all come out to default techno music. It's like fuck, you can't buy the rights to some music, Christ. But um, right. I can shit on that all night too, uh, Josh. What do you what, what do you think of the card? Um, I, I mean, I think the card's gonna be good. I mean, Scott Smith and Paul Daly. I mean, that's gonna be a don't blink kind of fight. Um, and Bigfoot Silva's on there, and and Robbie Lawler and and Lin Lin. I mean, it's a good fight. Um, you know, just put it on mute and watch it. <laughs> nice, put it on mute and watch it. I usually do that when Gus Johnson is commentating. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I got a fan, and I, I I'm actually looking forward to the card. Um, you know, obviously it's sort of you, you got the sort of freak show Bob Sapp, who I can't I can't even remember the last match he saw him win a fight against Brett Rogers, and uh, but you know it's a fight that's going to end in like the first minute or two, so it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Lola Lindland's going to be an you know it'll be an interesting fight. Looking really forward to the Daily Scott Smith fight. Henderson, yep. you know, Henderson, uh, Sobral will be good, and, uh, you know, Big Head uh, Silva against uh, Overeem will be, you know, an interesting fight. So I, I can't complain. I mean, it's a free card. It's on Showtime. Right. Yeah, so uh, overall I think it's good. But, again, Strike Force is just doing everything wrong. Uh, they sort yes. of like almost, yeah, they kind of remind me almost of like the, ironically enough, that Herschel Walker's with them, the USF, USFL, um, when uh, they basically tried to buy all, uh, all you know, certain superstars, um, instead of really building up, uh, building up the league, uh, they're doing a terrible job. They've, they've got that strike force challenges, which is great, but other than Tyrone Woodley, they really just are doing a terrible job of sort of moving guys from challengers, <laughs> excuse me, to the regular strike force card, and then the uh, you know the announcing. Um, uh, you know, Morrow is, uh, he used to be good. I don't know what's the matter with him. Gus Johnson is Mr. Generic. And then that, that ghoul who looks like an emaciated, um, Kevin Bacon. I hope they never oh, have him on He's just horrible. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's a douchebag. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is that, a quadro for quadro? Yeah, yeah, he's a quadro. Dude, he, he's a scary fucking dude. And then in HD, his teeth are kind of glowing because they're a little yellow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck you, <laughs> you know? But, um, oh God, it's funny. By, I, by the way, just a quick heads up. I'm, I'm sort of caught up, but it's really funny. That fucker put uh, on his Facebook page one time, uh, like one of those sort of headshots that an actor does. He looked like a fucking creepy ghoul, and all these <laughs> women were like saying, "Oh, you look great. You look wonderful." 
You know, he's like probably uh, really believed them and everything. What a, 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 a dipshit. Ugh. Uh, well, uh, the, the, to wrap it up, I'll tell you this. If you, in looking from a production standpoint, do you feel that the second best um, produced promotion be, is, is Bellator and then Strike yep. Force? Or you think that. Oh, damn, there you go. <laughs> I, was say, I was hoping you were going to say Bellator. Yeah, they are the second that's produced. What about you, Amy? What do you think? Um, you know, I I like Bellator. Um, I'm interested to see what Shark Fight says, to be honest with you. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm just not big on Strike Force right now, so... I'm not big on Strike Force just because they got they got great talent. You know, you got Overeem in there. You you got a guy who's just a mammoth human being, who you know is is your heavyweight champion. Yet nobody knows who the fuck he is. How did that happen? You know, like shit like that bugs me out. You know, it was like with the Fedor thing. It's like, oh, we bring Fedor in. Fedor loses, and then all all validity for the organization goes in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you what, do you, what do you, the way the way I see it is, if these guys want to become even more relevant, they need to really start putting pressure on on some of these fighters that are represented by the Russians, you know, like Fedor and those guys, and have them on TV more often. Otherwise, people aren't going to give a shit. I think I've already gotten to that point where they would give a shit. And it's the same, but, but again, I think the thing about Strike Force and uh, Josh's name, I wonder if you agree as well, um, is there was no fluidity um, to their, to their um, in essence, season or cards. You know, it's sort of one card and then it's almost like affliction. There's not another card for some months. So there's never any fluidity to ever build up anything, and I think that's the number one thing that's really hurting them. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's going to be their problem until they actually get um, a better roster. I mean, unfortunately, the roster is so thin, and we we also end up seeing the same fighters. I mean, we see Scott Smith it seems every, you know, every, every fight, you know, every card, every other month, and um, I mean the, the biggest problem with Strike Force, in my opinion, is there's just too many people, and I've said this several, several times. Is, it's not just Strike Force running the show. It's Showtime, and you know, then they every time they do a card, they have to go over and they have to talk with CBS to make sure that CBS doesn't want to hold a card next week or something. They need to Strike Force needs to be themselves and not, you know, have let let Showtime and and you know everyone else have a, you know M one. Yeah, it's true. M one. Everybody wants to pull promote. Yep. I have a funny story about uh about Strike Force. Um, I wrote an article about their announcers after their fights. Um, you know, saying how they needed to to take a take a a, a look at uh, Dana White and listen to Twitter and because I mean every time you have a Strike Force card, Twitter just blows up about how bad their announcers are. And uh, I, I got an email from Strike Force today about that. Really? The, the, really? Yes. Them telling me that I made a mistake in my article and that they do not employ the announcers, that Showtime employs those announcers. Okay, so why the fuck don't they say something about it? Why don't you grow that's, a pair? It's your fucking company. Exactly. That's, that's as easy as it is. Isn't Scott Coker fucking in charge of Strike Force? Shouldn't he say, 
hey, Gus Johnson is like fucking uh, like Carlton for Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't need him commentating on my fucking organization. <laughs> he stinks. That's all I'd that. say. That Dana White would and, say. And like, fucking guy Dana White would, yes. I mean, I think almost any other promotion would, but unfortunately, Strike Force is. You know, right in the, the the back pocket of Showtime. I mean, all their cards yeah. are on Showtime, and they're not going to go over there until piss Showtime off, and then Showtime says, "All right, well, you know, you don't have a TV deal anymore," and then they're screwed. Yeah, let's remember, by the way, and you know, got to give hats off to Dana White on this that uh, UFC all but had a deal with HBO, and the, the the reason that the deal didn't go through was because HBO wanted some control over the production. Announcers uh-huh. and what have you, and and Dana said, forget it. And I think you're seeing here, uh, you know, he really knew what he was talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, the main thing was they didn't want um, Goldberg and, and Rogan. They wanted their own, their boxing people. Mm-hmm. Would have been ridiculous. It would have. Damn that shit, man. I think I think Strike Force, Strike Force is going to be, and 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 I, and I hate to say it, but Strike Force is going to definitely be fading to black if Bellator starts gaining a better foothold just because Bellator has a better a better way of putting on fights. You know, their tournaments they, they, they get people in there, they get people interested, yeah. you see a lot of prospects. Strike force like, like Gary said, other than challengers, there's there there's not shit else engaging about it. You know, I mean they put on events once in a while and you practically forget the organization exists. Bellator needs to get themselves the TV deal that they've talked about yeah. because, I mean, having it on, what is it, FSN or whatever, I mean, most people don't even get that channel. Yep. You know, so if they get themselves the TV deal, you know, yeah, they, they, you know, they'll pass Strike Force up. And, you know, I, I'm waiting for that because I can't see them. I mean, I have to watch them on, on the Internet. I, can't, I, I don't ever get it on my, my channel. Damn. No. Well, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I really hope Bellator is successful. You need a you need a, a third promotion, and and you know, I, as long as it keeps generating entertaining fights, you know, I'll follow any promotion. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the, yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> just with the tournament style, you know, tournament. Uh, I mean, they just they 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 develop fighters. I mean, they bring them back. You see them multiple times. After the Lombard, look at them. You know. Um, they they do that, and even guys who don't win, uh, they still bring back if they do a good job, like like you know my guy Ryan Thomas. So that's the way a promotion should do it. They they have certain guys who are associated with the promotion and uh, fight uh, numerous times, win or lose. So you you just won't see that with Strikeforce because they just don't have enough cards. Yep, and and I like that. I like that. You know, and and Dana White's Scott gone on Smith record was. as saying it. Oh well, yeah, of course. Other than Scott Smith. Yeah. I, I like that Dana White has gone on record and he said that you know I, I, that he wants those promotions because you know that they, they, he gets to see other talent without having mm-hmm. to pay any money. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> it, 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 having them exist is great. But yep, um, totally good. But I think uh, we've co- we've covered everything. Um, you know, first off, b- before we wrap it up, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you, same to you, and Andrea, and everyone on the uh, staff. I, I appreciate it, um, Gary and Amy. By by all means, yeah, yeah. The big the big plug. Okay, Amy, would you like to do the honors? No, go ahead, Gary. I know you're something. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, all right. 
Well, you can join Amy and myself on Blog Talk Radio every Wednesday at 8.30, um, except today, which uh, we didn't have a show today. Uh, but we're on every Wednesday, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's sort of it's like this show. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we really um, uh, stress audience participation. So, uh, you know, please join us. And uh, you can also check us out on... Uh, the the uh, website uh, which Danny runs, which is really a good website, MMAGospel.com, uh, really, since he's taken it over, he's just, just flourished uh, with specialized writers covering uh, each of the different organizations. So that's MMAGospel.com, and uh, you can also download us on uh, iTunes as well. Any closing words, Amy? For, for those of you that, that don't know and... Um you know, Amy joined Gary recently, and she's done a kick-ass job. I'm not going to blow smoke up her ass. She's a, she's a really great host along with Gary. I think that you guys have a great chemistry. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy rushing home to listen to you guys just because the chemistry you guys share is great. So, you know, definitely you have a, a, ringing, a ringing fucking endorsement from us. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, thank you. And, um, of course... Josh, Josh, uh, I know Josh always has to find a, a way to put MMA Valor into words, but uh, we're going to try it again <laughs> this week. Josh, you know, the big plug, of course. Nope, I'm not doing it. Uh, that's your job. I thought I was paying you for uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, MMA, Val- <laughs> MMA Valor is, you know, a site dedicated to MMA, no bullshit, no strings, no agendas, no nothing. You should definitely check them out. Um, they have a great, great talent side. pool of writers. Great, side. great talent pool of writers. Josh does a great job. He contributes for My Take Radio also through our content partnership. Um, his articles are insightful. Um, there's no fanboyism. There's no MMA nut-hugging, which is a nice term to always use. It, it's clear and to the point, and he, he has no problem hurting somebody's feeling in his articles because He's telling it from the heart, so definitely check out MMAValor.com or, you know, feel free to comment on any of the articles that he posts on My Take Radio as well. Man, I'm going to definitely have to put that check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I do want to say that, um, you know, thanks, you know, to to you and to also to, to Gary and Amy. Uh, you know, I've been on their show as well, and, um, you know, I just want to, since it's Thanksgiving, I just want to say thanks to you guys. Oh, our pleasure. Love to have you on again. Absolutely. I'm always free to talk. (laughs) There you go. We, um, you know, we do a great job with the panels. I I was glad to to get Amy and and Gary in here. I always feel bad that I can never include them because of their hectic schedules, and I'm glad that I got to bring all you guys together, and I really hope we can can do more of these in the future because everybody has a great, unique view on stuff. And not only that, it's always fun to – to curse on the air with you guys. <laughs> it is. You know, and, and by the way, uh, on our picks, um, you you should be talking trash to me because you kicked my ass. Yeah, but you know what it is, dude. At the end of the day, it, it, it was it was it was fun to be had just making the picks because we, we 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 shot the shit. So yeah, I mean, you know, I did I did all right, and then there were some guys that I was just like, I can't even believe I fucking got that pick. So <laughs> next it time, is, I'll get you next time. Yeah, there you go. But um, <laughs> thanks again, you guys. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, I will too. talk to you guys soon. Thanks right. a lot. Have a good night, Roots. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Bye-bye. All right.
Bye. All right. You can catch MMA Gospel every Wednesday at 8.30, and you can check out MMAGospel.com. If you're on Twitter, you can follow Gary at MMA um, underscore Gospel underscore Gary. You can also follow Amy. It's at Ames, A-M-E-S, Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Just let them know you're from My Take Radio. Um, definitely show your support to, to both of them. They, they put in a lot of great work every Wednesday, so check them out. And, of course, Josh from MMA Valor. You can follow him at MMAValor.com, and you can go to, their, to his site as well, share your views there on MMA, and, you know, just, just let them know that MTR sent you. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. When I come back, Billy is going to be calling in. We're going to break it open with some wrestling because there's tons of shit to talk uh, regarding Survivor Series and Raw. In addition to that, we got to run through the video game and the movie news. And with that, I'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back right after this. You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in, like, really high voices like... <laughs> well, you won't listen to that on our show because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So um, if you're looking for a show like that, that has horrible audio quality and uh, void of fake laughter, Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights on all games. All right, and we're back. Let's... uh get into some wrestling first. Um, of course, this past weekend we were treated to Survivor Series and um, definitely very lackluster in my opinion. Um, I know that we'll probably touch on a few things when Billy calls in, but I just want to go over the card just for, for, with a broad stroke. Uh, U.S. title match with Daniel Bryan and Ted DiBiase. Uh, very enjoyable, uh, great chemistry. Ted DiBiase showed a, a little bit more of an aggressive streak, which um, I think he should continue to do in terms of character development. I enjoyed the match. Sheamus and John Morrison was another match that was very enjoyable. Uh, these two guys are definitely going to be the future of this company. Uh, John Morrison, you've got to keep an eye on that guy. Shades of uh, young HBK. Uh, I see title match, Dolph Ziggler versus Caval, I was very let down just because I felt that the, the, the chemistry was there, but it, 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 Caval just didn't get a chance to shine. I don't know if it was just the, the, the chemistry for the match or something like that, but definitely something that was, uh, you know, kind of better. It should have been better than it looked, and it wasn't. But you know what? I see that Billy is holding. Let's bring him in. Billy, you're on the air. Well, 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 well. If it isn't finally time for the instant classic Ryan Storm, also known as Billy Nichols, owner and director of new media for Boston's favorite gaming, wrestling, and music site, BeantownGamer.com. Very nice. Good to be here on My Take Radio. How you doing tonight, Rich? I'm good, man. Thanks for stopping in. Um, of course, uh, he gave such a rousing intro that I don't, have to do any work. So well, I'm a bionic retard. What can I say? Hey, man, it happens. Nice work. <laughs> um, you know, of course, I opened up with Survivor Series. Um, I'll ask you first, did, did you get to check it out? Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm the type of guy that whether a pay-per-view card sucks or not, like on paper, I will buy it. Now, perfect example of that was Armageddon 05. I mean, I spent $93 for a ticket. It was the worst pay-per-view I ever saw live. Oof. 
I mean, Randy Orton and, you know, Taker in the cage was cool, but there was not but one title match on that card. I mean, who wants to see a Cruiserweight title match, man? That's like going to shockblastmedia.com. It's just terrible. <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, um, I said it. It's all right. But you know what it is? I, I, I used to be that way, but you know what happens? I felt that that if you're going to drop 50 bucks on a pay-per-view, you should at least enjoy a majority of it. And too often than not, it, it, it's becoming where one or two matches stand out and the rest of the pay-per-view sucks. And I just feel that you're not getting your $50 worth of, uh, of match quality. And Survivor Series, considering that it's one of the bigger pay-per-views, you know, right up there with WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, Right. And, you know, the matches had, had – ze- there was zero interest for them just because nobody nobody cared other than John Cena and Wade Barrett. That's well, what everybody I, wanted to see. I'll, I'll tell you this right now, and I've been following Wade Barrett since the beginning of NXT and even before that when he was in Florida Championship Wrestling. The kid's a great talent. The, the belt will go on his waist. There was a lot of interest there, absolutely. And, I mean, coming from – a smart mark standpoint, also a host of my own radio show in the past of wrestling. There was a lot of interest for me there because finally someone besides Sheamus or John Cena was fighting Randy Orton. I love Randy Orton. I will say it out loud. I love Randy Orton. I have a big sign on my wall right now that says, I heart Randy Orton. Plain and simple. The fact of the matter was, I I really don't, I swear. But the fact (laughs) of the matter is, is that pay-per-view did have some interest. There were some pieces of that pay-per-view that could have been better. I really think Dolph Ziggler shouldn't have fought Caval for one thing. I think... Caval should have been in the uh, Survivor Series match, and you could have switched out MVP and dropped the title to MVP. You know, hometown Miami, give him back the belt, give him a push like he finally deserves. That's one thing I would have changed about that pay-per-view. Daniel Bryan and Ted DiBiase shouldn't have even been on the card. Daniel Bryan should have been in a, in a Raw Survivor Series match. Why wasn't there a Raw Survivor Series match, for that matter? I mean, uh, you know, the, the Divas title match should have been the dark match for the pay-per-view, if you want my opinion. <sighs> Well, you know, it's funny you said that, and, and you're right. I think that it should have definitely gone that route, but the problem is that DiBiase and, and, and Brian, Brian is, you know, the, the belt's got to be defended. The Divas match, very, very uneventful. You know, Layla and Michelle McCool, I think it was just a swan song for the gimmick, you know, and they wanted to put the belt on Natalia, and they had to set up the, the Beth Phoenix return. And, and I agree with you. You had a, a SmackDown Survivor Series match, and you didn't have a Raw one, which kind of, you know, watered down the pay-per-view because the big selling point are the Survivor Series-style matches anyway. Right. And, you know, they, they really smacked us in the face with the end of the Edge-Kane match. That was a slap in the fucking face. WWE, if you ever pull a TNA on me again, I will start watching... I don't even know what I'll watch. I mean, I'll probably start watching a, a horrible Boston Indy Federation. And I mean, up here in Beantown, we got some amazing federations, don't get me wrong. Hell, I'll probably watch Powerhouse Wrestling out of, out of friggin' Worcester. And that's some fucking garbage right there. Plain and simple. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is that they, they as much as, as they try, they, the Kane and Edge match just had, there was really, and again, I say the chemistry is poor. It's like Edge is playing the crazy guy, and Kane is running around looking for Paul Bearer. You spend two episodes of SmackDown doing that. Then mm-hmm. you, do, you do this match, and there was really no end. It was, it was so uneventful and so stupid. I think that they should have just had Miz, and, and this is shitty, but I would have had Miz cash it in and take the belt off of Kane because an Edge-Miz feud would have been better to see. An Edge-Miz feud would be an incredible period. I'm going to get to the Miz a little bit later, though. I want to focus on Edge-Kane now that you said that. I love Edge. 
But like Edge, I'm on a mission against all things stupid. And right now, the fact that Kane still has the belt is everything that is wrong with SmackDown. Put that belt on Swagger. Give it to Alberto Del Rio. Give it to somebody. But why is the big burnt retard running around with that belt? It took him 13 years to get back there. Okay, and the way the setup for this match went was great. Great chemistry on Edge's part. Yes, Kane has no personality, I will say that. He's a big red retard. I say it every day. You remember when he was with X-Pac and DX? You got two words yep. for us, Kane? Suck it. <laughs> okay, my two words would have been, fire me. Plain and simple, the fact of the matter was, is that the Instant Classic was running the show, which I should be, Vince, you heard it right. Dixie Carter's already got an offer on the table. What do you got for me? Fact of the matter is, I never would have booked Kane and Edge. That belt would have been off Kane in September, would have been on Taker's waist, and when Taker went out for surgery, I would have thrown that belt on Edge's waist and kept Edge a heel, and then, hell, I don't even know who I would have put against him, but you're right. Miz cashing in money in the bank on... Um, Sunday night would have been good. Thank Christ he didn't, because that was the best Raw in the history of the friggin' world on Monday. <laughs> but that's beyond the point. The fact of the matter was is that this pay-per-view was really solely built around the Nexus and John Cena. Now, as we all know, for all you 12-year-olds who are up, and it's 12.50 in the morning here on the East Coast, in Boston and New York City, wherever you are on the East Coast, Stop jerking off. Cena's coming back. Okay? He did not get fired. You do not yep. fire the biggest guy in your company when all he's going to do is go film 13 rounds where his new wife gets killed. Uh, that's it, what I think John it, Cena's movie career. Well, you know, it, it, and that's the best way to look at it. You know, it, when when he lost that, when Barrett lost that match and Cena did the heartfelt goodbye, I said to myself, I found it totally unexpected that they would go that route. I honestly was hoping, and this was, again, you know, much much like you said, if I were writing it, I would have had um, Barrett win it, Nexus come out, start beating on Orton, Cena jumps in, gets them to stop, they stop, Cena and the Nexus turn and beat on Barrett. I was just about to say that. Gets a solid Cena heel turn, Barrett can still be a tweener, and feud with Orton and with his own group, Otunga can get second in command with Cena because it'll be Otunga that was pulling the strings to turn Cena anyway, and that would have just made a better a better booking decision. It's unfortunate that, you know, they went the easy way and they kept the belt on Orton. I would have honestly, like, like you were saying at the beginning, put the belt on Barrett because Barrett has the tools. Yeah, his finisher isn't the greatest, at least to me, but he has the, the tools plan? in terms of... Yeah, I, I, it just—it looks a little, it, you know. It looks—it depends on who's get who's taking the move, you know. Some of those guys sell it really good, and some of those guys they fall like a sack of fucking potatoes. <laughs> it's true. That guy. Well, yeah, you know. to think about Wade Barrett when they put him on NXT with Chris Jericho. It was Wicked Pissa. Plain and simple. If you don't know what Wicked Pissa means, for those of you who aren't outside of Boston, Wicked Pissa means it was fucking awesome, okay? We don't say Jimmy. We don't say Sprinkles. We say Jimmy's. We don't call soda soda. We call it pop. Plain and simple, though, Wicked Pissa was, is the only way I can describe Wade Barrett and Chris Jericho as a team. I think they should have gone further with that and explored that angle, but the fact of the matter is, uh, actually, hang on. Hello? Oh, hi, Mr. Bischoff. How are you? That was Eric Bischoff. He said if WWE had done what we just talked about, he would have sued WWE for gimmick infringement. 
Plain and simple, of the course. fact of the matter was is if Cena, if they put a Cena heel turn, legitimately all it would have been was taking the biggest guy in the company 10 years later, or almost 20 years later, and doing what they did, did with Hogan. Now, Raw would have had to have been outside Monday night for this to happen. Cena would have had to come in in black spandex and be like, well, you know something, Cena, ain't you? <laughs> and then it would have been good. But the fact of the matter is, is all WWE is doing right now is Duke Dumpster Drosing fucking and Everything's fucking recycled. This is the way I look at it. Let's fire everybody and watch TNA. Wait, that's an even worse idea. Fire everyone and watch Ring of Honor. Okay? Yep. Because I came into this pay-per-view, the Survivor Series match was great. Why are there not, like, 97 Survivor Series matches? I agree. Why did Santino and Morella and Vladimir Koslov... Wrestle the Nexus. Why does the Nexus even have the big, the, the fucking Abraham Lincoln world title? Those, yep. those are what those are called, right? I mean, yeah, Jeff Hardy said belt. it best on, yeah, Jeff Hardy said it best on Twitter the other night. Jeff Hardy, I fucking hate you, and I'm going to say that out loud right now. Follow Jeff Hardy at Jeff Hardy Brand on Twitter. Um, said, oh my god, I love the new American Penny. Oh, those are the tag belts. So what I'm assuming, by the way, things are going, if I use all my powers of, of deliberation here, hold on. I got to channel the late, great Chris Berman, who wasn't even dead yet. The tag belt's going to be bronze. The continental title's going to be silver. And, motherfucking drum roll, the world heavyweight title's going to be gold. Yep. Terrible so, it is. is WWE turning into the fucking Olympics? Call Rulon Gardner, or whatever his name is. Call Kurt Angle. And, well, Mark Henry, there we go. Bing, bang, boom, and Patera coming right behind. You so, know, it's... It, it's one of those things where the the pay-per-views have lost their identity, and it's because I feel, and, and you know, so a, lot of, a lot of people that have listened to the show say the same thing. There's just way too many of them. Go back to four. Feels, yep, or, or at least go back to ones that make sense. It's like you, you got bragging rights, you got vengeance, you got hell in the cell, you got money in the bank. It's like you have a money in the bank pay-per-view, which totally destroys the necessity for a money in the bank at WrestleMania. Money in the Bank at WrestleMania is why I look forward to WrestleMania. I look forward to those there moments where, where I'm sitting on my 2003 Royal Rumble steel chair with my back all hurting. I'm a big guy. I'm about 280 pounds. And I get out of my chair, and I'm, like, stuck because I got such a flat ass and my back fat stuck in the chair. And I'm just like, oh! I, I, I live for those moments where Kofi Kingston goes, boom, 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 look at my hair, and goes flying off of something and breaks something. I live for the moments where Jeff Hardy teabags Edge through a it's true. Hi, that, 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 Hardy. <laughs> that was <laughs> the fact you know, that matters. That, that was the, the the selling point, and then to make a complete pay per view based on that, it just waters it down. And then I've noticed that the pay per views they're not even at the point where they're four weeks apart. They, it's like two weeks pass, and then a pay per view is like the third week again. Yeah, you know what? And I'm gonna give this company credit, and I gotta give a shout out to my good friend C. Carter. Um. TNA has been very good about theming their pay-per-views and setting their pay-per-views apart. I'm not going to say this is the best book match. TNA has a lot of space that they can grow. I will say that about TNA. There's a lot of great young talent there. And this is me speaking as a fan and as a professional, as an analyst. Okay, fact of the matter is, is TNA has a lot of room to grow with their talent, with their younger talent. You know, having... King of the Mountain in June, Slammiversary, great. Their best asset, their best pay-per-view, and I've been to one, is TNA Lockdown. That's a great pay-per-view. All steel cage pay-per-view. 
If you're going to call a pay-per-view, like, say, back in 96 when they had uh, Rage in the Cage before WrestleMania 12, I want to see all cage matches. If you're going to have Elimination Chamber, I want to see Elimination Chambers for every, excuse me, every title. Yep. I want to see a Divas Elimination title. Uh, I was going to say that. I, 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 I want to see, you know, good. I don't want to see Judy Bagwell on a fucking pole. Nope. You know, I mean, I loved War Games. I noticed you just said in our chat, about arcade with double cages. That pay-per-view was actually called War Games, and WWE has entertained the thought of bringing that back. WWE, bring back War Games. I would, the I'd American like to see Bash, it. Give me War Games. Screw American, Great American Bash. Screw bragging rights. Screw this. Screw that. Give me WrestleMania. Give me Royal Rumble, which is the only friggin' themed pay-per-view that still stays true to its word. Okay, the fact of the yep. matter, though, is, is that the WWE title match should not be the first match of the night. That's another thing nope. that's starting to piss me off about wrestling, okay? I understood at WrestleMania 26 where you let Shawn Michaels go on last. I miss Shawn Michaels like a fucking hole in the head. No, wait, no, not a hole in the head. I miss Shawn Michaels <laughs> like I have crystal clear Pepsi. And if you're not hearing... The feeling in my voice, I do miss Crystal Clear Pepsi, or whatever it was when they used to deliver it to you in your Sunday morning newspaper. You got a sample. I'm going, I'm going out of my mind right now. Well, you know, simple. I, I think that the fact is, when you look at it from that standpoint and start, you know, um, War Games is a great example. A War Games comp uh war games pay-per-view would be something that you can tie into, and let's use, let's use bragging rights as the example. Bragging rights. Do war game style double cages with Raw versus SmackDown. The winner of that gets bragging rights. That's it. If it's a if it's a an individual winner for the brand, you can make the stipulation he challenges for a belt the following week on Raw or or SmackDown. And that way, you know, you have a nice TV main event set up to get people hype. And not only that, but you get to do do, do a new concept and still keep bragging rights if you don't want to use. Um, uh, um, war games. Very true, but I, I'm going to go back to um, old school wrestling again. I'm going to go to um, WCW. You know, we we talked about war games. Do you remember World War Three? Six guys, three rings. Oh yeah, I remember that. Wow, that was that, awesome. That, that, that's a blast from the past for sure. Awesome. You know, WCW and, and the guys here. A couple of the guys from. Um, the uh, BeantownGamer.com site are here. Uh, Sean Ledger and Brandon Leach are here. Just hanging out here at Beantown Gamer World Headquarters. And we're all talking about this before I came on the air with you when you were talking to MMA. You know, about old pay-per-views. And we're looking through a lot of my old, a lot of my old um, wrestling tapes right now. And I'm telling you right now, one of the best pay-per-views that I ever saw was the WCW pay-per-view. And it was Starcade 1996. Or not Starcade, sorry. War Games 1996. World War Three 1996. Super Brawl 97. You want to talk about good pay-per-views? You want to talk about quality pay-per-views you could run once a week? W-fucking-W had those pay-per-views. ECW had the pay-per-views, too. Yeah, ECW had some good ones. No, you know, you look at, um, uh, you know, November to Remember from ECW. You look at um, Hardcore Heaven. Heatwave 98, Hardcore Heaven 97, Guilty as Charged 2001. You know, I, I, I I could talk wrestling all night long. This show would go till 5 in the morning. If, if, if I if I keep talking wrestling, because fact of the matter is, is like like I've told you day in and day out, you know th- this is something that needs to be talked about. You it's know, just true. Like I, I think, think I, I think gimmick belts are garbage. Jeff Hardy shouldn't have his own title belt. Yep. But that, I, that's nothing to do with WCW pay per views. 
well, no, you know, it's funny because, you know, we pretty much ran through, we ran through the matches in, in, in such a quick fashion. But, you know what, to, you know, we'll take it to, as a way to segue into Raw as well. And I'll talk about the gimmick belts, too, um, to, to agree with that. It's true. I think gimmick belts should be reserved for guys that can maximize the use of a gimmick belt. When Stone Cold Steve Austin had the smoking skull belt, what? it worked. It worked. What? It worked. <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> it worked. You know, same thing with, um, you know, when they did the, the rock belt, which didn't last that long with the Brahma bull on it. it I never it, you know, saw it. I've only seen pictures of it once or twice on a on the occasional forum, and, and from what I remember, I believe he used it maybe once or twice when they were trying to do the belts, and they realized that it was just getting way too, it was becoming way too expensive, which leads me to believe that, that when they did the Cena belt, the, the spinner belt, they must have realized that, fuck, we're going to have to keep this belt for a while. It's because a cool people, belt, though. The spinner belt works for him, you know, like like taking the spinner off, you know, makes the belt look nice. But, again, it's just one of those things where only certain guys can really pull that off. Like, Jeff Hardy's not – he's main event T for TNA, and that's fine. But I just don't feel he's not main event to the point where he warrants his own belt. Like, if you would have done a Rob Van Dam twin dragons belt, I would, I would respect that because, you know, that, that's a guy who, who can carry a company. Jeff Hardy <laughs> – I'm sorry, <laughs> and I'm going to go back to the old analog championship. No, no, no. I'm going to go back to my old analog championship wrestling days here. And if Jason Joseph or Dan Burke from Shock Glass Media are listening to this, they'll both tell you. They can call in right now. Give them the number before I say this. Give them the number. 347-343541. Okay. Fact of the matter is, is I hate Rob Van Dam, okay? Rob wow. Van Dam has made, made, some, made some horrible comments about how he's a rock star and Jeff Hardy's a rock star and they're blowing TNA up and then the young talent needs to get out of the way. When, you know what, Kevin Nash said it best. And Kevin Nash, I, I've talked to on many occasions, and Kevin Nash said it best. In my prime, I was selling out 30,000 30, asses in a seat. These guys are only putting, what, 27,000 less than that? I mean, come on. You can't call yourself a rock star and say a company's blowing up when you can't put 30,000 asses in a seat. Okay, same with Jeff Jarrett. It was said best when they said he broke 10,000 guitars, never drew a fucking dime. Yep, I, I can agree with that 150%. <laughs> Choke on that, slap nuts. Yep. The it's fact true. of the matter is he didn't sell shit. Wrestling has gone down the tubes. Especially WWE. Vince McMahon was so fucking concerned with his wife, his wife's um, campaign. It just got out of hand. People shouldn't know that Triple H and Stephanie are married. The, the general public shouldn't know that. Vicky Guerrero shouldn't be parading around with different guys. The fact of the yep. matter is that she's screwing the legacy of Eddie Guerrero. I agree. But you know what it is? And, and, and this is one thing where I kind of understand... You got to Eddie Guerrero gave his life for the business, and I and I think that WWE is just trying to find a way to help her out. So they figured, let's make her a character, and 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 you know, again, I don't agree with the rationale for that, but I can see the logistics where they're saying, you know what, you know, the guy the guy fucking died for this company. Yeah, let's let, you, know what? you know let's let's do something. But there's other ways to do that. You could just easily cut her a check from Eddie Guerrero's merchandise and sell Latino Heat T-shirts. 
You know, and, and here's something I'll say. And I, I hear it to this day when I go to a lot of events. Um, I'll, I'll go one further, actually. Eddie, I love you. I miss you. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, a man I met on many occasions at old ECW shows in Revere, Massachusetts, who took the time to sit down with me and talk wrestling even at a young age. It breaks my heart to this day to think that he's gone, but the fact of the matter is is that people still chant Eddie when you go to events. You still see Eddie Guerrero t-shirts everywhere. Yep. Guys, the poor guy, God bless his soul, said rest him. I hope he's in heaven with the good Lord. Five it's years it's later. Five years later. It's the most unfortunate because you know what? He might be the greatest luchador of all time. Especially he, from he a mainstream. Might, from mainstream, yeah, absolutely. He he blows Albismo Negro away. He blows Caracas away. He he blows away Silver King. He blows away Art Bar. He he blows away Mil Mascaris. He he blows away Gory Gory Guerrero. You know, he, did, he blows away Rey Mysterio. He he's amazing. Eddie Eddie Guerrero was, and, and you know, you, you just to jump on a tangent with that, Eddie Guerrero was, the, the, he encompassed the perfect wrestler. He wasn't the biggest dude, but he was athletic, he was fast, he, um, you know, he could cut a great promo. He had it, he had the complete package. The problem is that, like a stone cold and a rock, they only come once in a lifetime, you know? He could also steal your golf cart and get away with it. Damn right, and he made that shit funny. Viva la raza, my friend. There all right, I, I all could right. talk, again, another thing, I could talk Eddie all night. we got to move on to Raw, though. There's lots to yeah, talk let, about. Let, uh, you know, King of the Ring qualifying matches. Um, I'm just going to jump around for, from a couple of matches that I, that I want to get your opinion on. Ezekiel Jackson versus the substitute uh, Alex Riley for the King of the Ring qualifier. <laughs> what do you think of, of putting Riley in there and, you know, Zeke's chances, chances as King of the Ring? <laughs> this right here is what you call domination. That's all I'm going to say. Zeke is my pick for the King of the Ring. I think that the finals are going to definitely be Zeke and Sheamus, just because nope. the, the collision course between those two guys is, is definitely there. It's but, there, but it's either going to be Sheamus and John Morrison, or it's going to be Zeke and John Morrison. You think so? Absolutely, and John Morrison is not going to win, because whoever he feuds with, the problem, though, is that they're trying to turn Zeke face. Yep, they're, they're trying to do the Ahmed Johnson push. Well, I met Johnson with Austin for about five minutes. But Zeke, <laughs> I've I've always loved Zeke, even when he was with uh, the Brian Cocker, I mean Kendrick. He was, um, he was he was promising, you know what it is? I think that he didn't come into his own. Like, when he first came out, I'm like, all right, generic big guy B. I think that his personality started to shine more when they put him with Regal and ECW. Put him in contact. And that's when I together. became a fan. Yep, I became a fan then because you started to see more personality. He wasn't just generic big guy B, you know, like he no. had some, some some humor to him. Right, and I'll, I'll say something. He's got a great physique. You know, he, he's he's clean. You can tell he's not steroids because he's not all hard muscle looking big one week and then small the next week. Nope. You know, he, he's a real solid worker for a big guy. He brings talent to the ring, and that's what I like about him. He has a presence about him. And uh, I got the chance to meet Zeke at uh, the 900th episode of Raw backstage. I was on my way. I was leaving with my wife, Kelly. And uh, we, were, we were leaving. And who was walking out to grab a taxi because he didn't get a rental car? He's like, I'd rather take a fucking taxi. And he was That's just going down cool. the street. Yeah, he, he, he was staying the night because he was at the SmackDown show the next night just helping back, out back. He was, he was fucking cool as hell. 
That's awesome. He's just a real humble guy. He's not a douchebag. I mean, I've met a lot of the guys. I met Kali. Kali speaks fluent English. That's a, that's, <laughs> you know? that's, a, that's a scary human being to meet, and not even from the standpoint of just, you know, from a wrestler. It's just like you look at that dude, you're like, yo, this guy can, this guy can snap my neck without even blinking. <laughs> you, want to, you want to talk about scary, okay? Let's talk about Big Show's girlfriend. Big Show's girlfriend's tits are about the size of my stomach. Jesus Christ. Each. So they probably weigh about 460 pounds between the two of them. Jesus Christ. All right, onward. <laughs> Back to the king of the ring because, again, we can sit here and bullshit and go off on tangents and make great radio all night. But Yeah, I, I, I see it going that way often. Um, John Morrison and Tyson Kidd, I, I really felt that this match could have been a lot better than it was. I feel like leaving David Hart Smith behind is a big fail on behalf of Tyson Kidd because neither one of those guys and – and in my in my humble opinion, those guys apart are not going to do well. I agree. I agree it's 100%. A fail. Why would you break up the New Heart Foundation? Yep. You know, you, you had them getting all affectionate and hugging and kissing Bret Hart for the last six months. And, and oh, you we're break the tag team. And now we get the Abraham Lincoln tag team titles. And la, 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 la. And we throw a heart attack that's better than Neidhart and Hearts. Yep. It's true. I mean, they, they, they were legitimately the Legion of Doom. In pink black, the hugging and kissing of Bret Hart and erasing it so quick was uh, was definitely a foul ball. They they erased it too fast. They they broke that team up too fast. They're trying to go the Rockers road with them and see if they can make Tyson Kidd into a Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's not going to work, man. Plus, Tyson Kidd's mic work is nowhere near HBK's level. So that Tyson Kidd also has more. Tyson Kidd also has the friggin' Amazon rainforest in his mouth. Yeah, it, it, you ever seen his teeth? They're bigger than his fucking head. It is and, unfortunate. Uh, CM Punk made the best comment of all. He couldn't afford a haircut. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with the little crown gimmick, but you know what it is. Uh, the, I think he's just trying to use the little touches. You know, like every guy has his little quote. Like you know, Sheamus has Stella. You know, there's always one little thing that sticks out. So he's trying to make it be the haircut. It's like, dude, no one gives a shit. Nobody talks about it. Nobody cares. <laughs> Yeah. All right, that, Orton absolutely. and Barrett. Orton and Barrett, and of course that leads to what we're going to talk about next. But how'd you, you know feel what? about their, their match? You saw my Twitter Monday night, right? Oh yeah, dude. I, I I said it. I I said it at the beginning of the night that Miz was going to cash in, and then I saw Orton get beat up, and I my next my tweet was wait for it, wait for it, RKO, <laughs> done. <laughs> I I knew Miz was going to cash in. Everybody, the trending topic on Twitter was him going to be the first, going to lose. Now, I'm going to talk about a couple people now that I said that. Congratulations first, Mike, for winning your first World Heavyweight Championship. You are absolutely, no matter what anybody says, deserving of that belt. You're one of the best workers in that company. You've taken some of the worst shit. And you know what, of all people, and I'm a very hard person to get over with, and anybody on my staff will tell you that, I legitimately respect this. Well, he took a lot of shit, and that's what, that's one thing I was going to ask you about. You know, you know, you've read you you read it on various sites, and in all his interviews, he talks about all the shit that he's taken, you know, since coming into the company, because you know, from the real world and not being an established performer, and and it's been a hard road for him. My only gripe that I can say with that is that by by having Randy Orton get beat up by the Nexus and him cashing it in, it doesn't. 
it doesn't add credibility to him cashing it in. Like, an opportunity would have been Orton retains against Barrett, he's beat up, and then Miz cashes it in. By the Nexus still being a factor, it kind of waters it down just a smidge. You know, it's like what I was telling you earlier. If Miz would have cashed it in, you know, against Edge, he would have been an ultimate opportunist because that was the whole big thing with a promo that Edge did a few weeks ago where Edge said, you know, I was saying that I was awesome while you were still on television, where you were doing reality TV. You know, there's built-in built story there. Don't get me wrong. Him cashing it in on Orton is nice, and, and you know, it adds, it adds it because the world title belt is so huge on Raw, but I just felt that him cashing it on Edge would have been so fitting since they were already starting to build that storyline, you know? Correct, correct. I agree. But see, here's the thing about him cashing in it on Orton. You know, you got the, you got the biggest fan in the company right now in Orton, okay? You got the biggest guy on Raw who's got the biggest target on his head because he's got the biggest mouth, okay? Now, with everything that happened with Cena the night before, it made perfect sense because, well, they started setting this up with next season one, if you want my honest opinion. With Daniel, the whole Daniel Bryan feud was only just the setup for this. You know, and they started building and they started building it. And then he started talking trash about the Nexus. And then the Nexus stomped out Randy Orton. Now, when CM Punk cashed in on Edge a couple of years ago after Edge got Batista bombed, did anybody say, oh, they just kind of watered it down? No, everybody's like, oh, my God, first straight at champion. This guy doesn't drink. Give him a ginger rail and celebrate. Yep. You know, I, I, I swear to God, he got on the phone with Josh Hamilton. They shared a cry. They high-fived and then drunk, drank a Canada Dry ginger ale because it's not too sweet. <laughs> plain, plain and simple fact right. is, is that it set up a great heel championship run. It did. It's I love just, it. I, I think that in Batista's case with, with CM Punk, everybody expected CM Punk to get it because in CM Punk's case, CM Punk has been fucking, you know, trudging through the through through Ring of Honor and through the Indies and through all that for years, and everybody said, Man, if he doesn't get a belt when he comes to WWE, it's going to be fucked up. You know, like he had that he had that necessity to win the belt. But and honestly, true champions, true great performers don't even need the belt. Chris Jericho said it best. He's like, I don't need the fucking belt to be over with the fans. That's my job to get over. And Chris Jericho will another, be the greatest of one of the greatest of all time. Exactly. I think the Miz is a guy that the belt is is, is great for him to have, but. His mic work and his severe improvement of that mic work can make him legitimately viable without the belt. Like him walking around with that briefcase, is, you can just substitute the briefcase for the belt because it's that mic work that he stepped up on. That's what made him a viable contender. His, his mic work is great. You know, the chemistry he had with Edge, I see a few in the near future. Yep. M Miz is just, he is what he says he is. He's awesome. I, I, I can't get past it. I, I, I think not forget. So, no, I, I think it, I think it was good. And, and and to close out the wrestling, I actually wanted to get your thoughts on some of those some of the releases that were announced this week. You know, Vance Archer, Kaylin Croft, Tiffany, and Jillian Hall, and also Shad Gaspard and Luke Gallows. Anybody in there that you felt was wrongly uh, given the can? Jillian Hall, please do Playboy. <laughs> Besides I want her. to see you naked. Okay, fair enough. I do want you. Your boobs are the hottest thing since sliced bread. I will show you what an instant classic looks like. 
Please don't tell my wife. Yeah, that's what I'm That's all I have to say about wrestling now that I've gone off on like a 90-minute tangent. That's all right. Well, you know what? Let, let's, run, let, let's run through the video games because uh, there's a couple of things there that I wanted to ask you about. Um, one right. of the things that, that they were talking about is, you know, Gran Turismo's coming out, and they announced that you can actually play the game during the installation of the, uh, of the game. The game is 6.3 gigs, and it takes 40 minutes to an hour to install. But the good news that they're announcing is that you can still play the game while it's, uh, while it's installing. Is that even a factor at this point, considering that the game's been delayed so many times? Do you even give a shit? You know, I don't own a PS3 first and foremost. I, I used to own a PS3, and then my sodomy cleared up. Um, but um, I already talked to Adrian Pottinger from SFX360, and uh, Chrome told me that, you know, it, it wasn't good. He, he, he said to me, you know, the game took almost an hour and a half to install, Damn. And you know what? Here, here's the thing. I've done a little research into the game. Oh, well, Kevin Butler put a 1,000 cars in there. How many of those cars are actually relevant, okay? Let's think about it this way. About 110 of those cars are NASCAR cars that in Forza 3 you can buy 110 different ones and download skins for. True. About another 90 of them are go-karts. That's okay. terrible. Forza has 600 cars or so. Forza also has better driving schematics. Forza also got rated in 9.3. A lot of us smaller sites haven't been too proud of Gran Turismo. I don't think this game, to get back to your point now, um, as far as being able to play it while it installs, is going to make much of a difference. Yep, I agree. I, just, I, I think this game was delayed so many times that, well, it's not even worth it. Same thing with God of War. If folks want to know the real reason why I got rid of my PlayStation 3 and went back to an Xbox 360 after all the shit I talked about it, was because PlayStation likes to delay games. You know, I just played this game six weeks ago and said it was going to come out until January 31st. Now, magically, today is the 25th. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, by the way. And Gran Turismo is out for the public. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The game sucks. Don't buy it. Yep. I, let me tell you, I, I never understood the allure of it just because it's a driving simulation because it's like, here, we're going to give you a whole bunch of cars you can't afford. You're going to drive in circles for half an hour to get a virtual license. Like, I didn't understand the allure of that as a gamer. It's like, it's like, it's like life. Here, play this game where you drive to work. That's what I thought that's the equivalent of. Well, you know, here's the thing. You don't need to get licensed in Forza. You can go right off the top. There's downloadable packs. Things like that. I don't know too much about Gran Turismo because I haven't played it. But from what I've seen, it doesn't compare to Forza. If you folks want some quality for your money this Christmas season, go out and buy the Ultimate Edition of Forza 3. It gives you, it's $29.99. It also gives you the Top Gear download pack plus all the downloadable content that's come out. You also get the VIP pack, which gives you an extra 25 cars. You know, Forza has always been a great game, and kudos to the guys at Turn 10. I got a, I got my modded Xbox band last year just so I could play the game two weeks early, and let me tell you, it was absolutely worth it, because the fact of the matter is Forza 3 is a phenomenal game. Forza 4 is on the way. For those of you who have Connect, you're going to be able to play it with Connect, too, which is pretty cool. Nice. But I you got, know what the fact I, of the matter? Again, on a tangent. No, I, um, I was going to, I was going to, I definitely wanted to get your opinion on this. I was, um... Last week, we, I was talking about the fact that EA had come out and they had actually gone on record as saying that they weren't proud 
of Medal of Honor, and they felt that it wasn't um, up to spec, mm-hmm. and they still put it out anyway. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because now that they canceled NBA Elite, they're saying one of the things that, according to Andrew Wilson, the head of EA Sports, he said ultimately it was just going to be a bad game. Is it just me, or does EA just just really just want to fucking shit on, the, on, on their own product? Like, well, like here- honestly, you know... <laughs> It, it, think about it, though. You put on Medal of Honor. It's not that good, you know, according to them. But you had you didn't hesitate in charging people sixty bucks for it. Right. You know, it's, it's fucked up. It's like how are you going to say that NBA Elite is, is a shitty game, but yet you put out NBA Jam and you have the, the gall to charge people even fifty bucks for that game? That game should have been thirty at best. Well. Here, here's the thing, and I know um, one of my community managers, Mike Caputo. Mike, I know you're listening because I'm looking at my Xbox uh, message board right now, and you're telling me you're listening. And I think Mike Caputo said it best when he said, I wouldn't wipe my ass with Medal of Honor. Okay. Wow. Another one that, of my guys, a, my, my, director, my director of promotions, Yashay Fanajima, he is my African wonder child, as I call him. He was a big advocate of Medal of Honor. Uh, Sean Ledger, my other community manager, and myself, Farber's actually sitting right next to me, um, went to the midnight release for Medal of Honor. Farber, would you say that was the worst 60 bucks you ever spent in your life? Yeah. There you have it. I'm going to tell you right now, wow. that's $60 I could have spent on anything else. I could have spent that on a hooker in the fucking financial district in Beantown, if you want the truth. Hell, I could have gone to a fucking Celtics game or gone and seen my Red Sox and then the seventh inning saying Sweet Caroline. Fucking A. I could have thought of a million other things to do for that. I could have pre-ordered an extra copy of Splatterhouse. There you go. You know, the fact of the matter is, EA, you're a fan. The only good thing you've done this season is Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Good for you. The rest of your games that have come out suck! Well, you know what? Madden and Mass Effect don't suck. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Well, you know what? It just, like, I, I don't like the fact that when it doesn't go their way, they have no issues about saying, well, we weren't happy with that. But don't you think from a quality control standpoint, especially since you're a big, uh, vid- vid- you know, you're a large video game company, that you should take the time and say, you know what, this Medal of Honor game isn't that great. Let's not put it out and get our asses handed to us by Call of Duty. And, you know, go back in the lab and make sure the game is good. You know, what the fuck happened to quality control? There is no quality control in EA. I'm going to tell you three companies right now that have the best quality control out there. Unfortunately, one of them is no longer. Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Ubisoft all have great quality control departments, okay? Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is phenomenal. Black Ops, I'm pleasantly surprised with. Pleasantly, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I'm going to go one even further. I'm going to go with Bungie because Bungie did a great job with Reach. Yeah, everybody says Reach is, is is a tight is a tight game. I love my Halo Reach Legendary Edition with my noble statue that's sitting to my left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Reach. I, I have a good friend actually, um, Claire Price. Some of you guys out there might know her as Claire Bear on Xbox Live, who is part of MLG Raleigh in Halo Three and Reach. I got to tell you, I've never met somebody who's logged more hours in Halo than her, and she'll tell you, Reach is fantastic. She hasn't even touched Call of Duty yet. That's crazy. The last bit of video game news I wanted to run by you is uh, two things, and they involve Nintendo. First off, Black Friday, they're dropping two new bundles, uh, okay. a green and an orange DSi. And, um, you know, 
at, th at this point, the DSi is pretty much a placeholder while people await the 3DS. Do you even do you even give a shit about about these guys? You know about these guys dropping this colored bundle. And secondly, uh, Nintendo appearing at the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, and then I see that I have a call on the board, so we'll take that next. But I figured I'd ask you about both of those. Now, as I open this beer, can we, you know, talk about another topic? Because I don't give a <laughs> shit about Nintendo. Or I'm going to quote, quote Jason Joseph as much as he hates me from Shock Blast Media, who gives a shit next. Well, I, I, I will. I, I do want to ask you about this. That they're they're making their first appearance in 16 years at Consumer Electronics Show in January. Do you think that Nintendo's grasp, grasping at straws at this point? Because Nintendo's always been a company that they don't that they always thrive on not needing anybody and doing their own events and their own shit. Then all of a sudden, randomly, they're popping up at CES in January, which I I can almost smell is 3DS setup. You, you know, do you think that Nintendo's a little worried now that they're not as relevant? Like, people are talking about major consoles, and the buzzwords are, you know, Xbox and Sony. Well, I don't think I'd pay $300 for a 3S. I think I'd pay $300 for a 4-gig Connect bundle. I don't give a shit what Nintendo does. don't like Nintendo. I haven't liked Nintendo since Super Nintendo, since Nintendo 64. I will illegally wow. download any Nintendo product out there if I ever own a Nintendo product. <laughs> and I love you, Bill Gates. Fair enough. So, once again, who gives a shit what Nintendo's doing? I'll be at CES just to rip their heads off. Let's talk about something more relevant like Splatterhouse. <laughs> Before we do that, I'm actually I'm actually going to bring in a caller. Um, actually, one of our guys, Slick, is going to come on. I know he has uh, some gripes about Gran Turismo 5. So I'm going to bring him in next. Yeah. Slick, you're on the air. What's up, dude? What's up, Slick? What's up, guys? Hey, hey, hey. What do okay. you got here? Um, I was just going to go, you know, rage about Gran Turismo 5, but since we're almost done with games, I'm just going to go on everything. First, I would put 300 on a 3DS, and granted, I'm saying right now it needs more varied games and newer games than what they fucking showed so far because even though I'm excited about some of those titles, uh, let's get some new fucking games on that thing. On, um, hey, Slick, before you go any further, did Nintendo offer you a blowjob from Jenna Hayes with that $300? Not at all. <laughs> then it's not worth it. But I wouldn't put $300 on a Kinect bundle because, one, there's barely any games that I even give a fuck about on Kinect. Wait till you see what's coming out for it, brother. I'll tell you that much right now. I have some of the new toys coming out for Connect, and uh, you're going to like it. I'm going to say. I'll, January I'll, is going to be a good month. Much. I will give you that much, but again, um, I also don't go for a lot of the games that the average 360 player does like. Like, And I'm not calling it a bad game. I'm not calling it anything, but I don't give a fuck about Halo Reach. I don't give a fuck about any Halo game. Okay. I don't give a fuck about any Call of Duty game, and Metal Vada can kiss my ass even if it would have been a good game. Because I'm just not enough <laughs> for it. I'm going to say it right now. I suck at FPS games, and I also, I pretty much don't like games with the exception of Left 4 Dead. I don't like games where I can't see my character other than his fucking hand. So you're a 3PS type guy. 
Yeah, so your, assass- your Assassin's Creed, your Gears of War, stuff like that? Well, uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. I, I, I can see why, you know, that would gravitate towards, you You know, some people like that. I personally like the first-person shooter style. I mean, I can go with a 3PS like a Mafia 2 and Assassin's Creed, but, you know, I, I grew up on, you know, Duke Nukem and Doom, if, if that tells you anything about, you know, how I started with shooting games. I got you. I, I mean, I've I've tried Doom, and it just wasn't for me. Well, it, it's great to hear outside opinions about it. I'm going to tell you this right now. One of the things I love about owning a game site and talking to other gamers is truly hearing what they like. And, you know, again, not many, not everybody likes first-person shooters, and that's cool. It's good to hear, though, that, they're, they're, that you're a Left 4 Dead fan. I'm a huge Left 4 Dead fan, so... That makes me happy. I, I will tell you, if you're a big Left 4 Dead fan, you will love Splatterhouse. Yeah, sure. Splatterhouse is the truth. Splatterhouse is oh, serious dude. business. Jesus Christ. We'll get to that in a minute. And <laughs> I talked for Splatterhouse for hours. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now, because I was one of the big people waiting for Gran Turismo 5. Fuck Gran Turismo 5. Yep. You weren't known for it. Fuck Forza. I mean, I was never a fan of Forza, <laughs> but fuck Gran Turismo 5 because, first and foremost, I, I figured out the reason why I used to love Gran Turismo so much because the first one I ever played was 3. 3, first of all, it was my first, you know, foray into Gran Turismo. I actually got it before I got my, you know, actual license. I have a thing where I like to drive to good music. Gran Turismo 3 had a fantastic soundtrack, and it had a lot of fucking cars that I will never, ever be able to drive in real life. And that was the allure, driving hot cars to good music. Gran Turismo 4 had the same fucking cars as Gran Turismo 3, and they drove exactly the same, which, in for one, wasn't a bad thing, but the music sucked. So... <laughs> That combination that made Gran Turismo 3 so great for me was gone. And I was basically playing a slightly polished Gran Turismo 3. Nice. Now, Gran Turismo 5 is a heavily polished Gran Turismo 3. (laughs) Because, I mean, if you look at what reviewers who really have had time to sit down with it are saying... They're like, about 200 of the cars look really, really fantastic. And the other cars, they pretty much didn't put too much work into by comparison. So you have about 20% of the cars that really look like PlayStation 3 cars and about 800 cars that look like PlayStation 2 cars. In other words, it's garbage. It's muff garbage. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. Come on, cabbage. <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it. I think you know what the problem is for me. I just I can't fuck with race simulation games. Like I like I like the Burnout. I like uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. I like uh, the Twisted Metals. That's like you know a simulation. If I want to simulate driving, I'll get in a car and drive to the store. For the record, <laughs> I am playing Crazy Taxi right now. There you go. You see what I'm saying? Like, Crazy Taxi is a game that I played for that reason, because it was that. It was not legit. It was just a fun game that you could hop in and play. Same thing with OutRun, 
say, you know, games like that, they were just not simulation-based. That's one of the I'll things that the I don't business. like. Well, I partially agree with you there, Rich, but what do you call it? it? It wasn't so much just the simulation that killed it for me because, like I said, there is something for the sim- simulation in it for me because I don't know, I mean, Billy might not know this, but I mean, Rich would. When I go down freaking Jewel Avenue and turn onto the, the service road for the Grand Central Parkway, that little strip right before you get on the parkway, every time I do that, I feel like I'm going to get pulled over because I start doing like 80 because I feel right. like I'm playing Gran Turismo on that strip. That's awesome. Fair enough. You know what? I, I drive a little uh, TRD edition Turbo DC thing cranks about 300 horse. And there's this, I, I drive the mass bike every day to work. Okay, and there's there's this one section right as you're getting on the mass bike, coming off Route 95, where I I feel the same way. I I slide around the corner and I get on the highway and I'm just like, oh my god, here we go, and I throw it in the third and I'm just I'm gone. Exactly. You know, if if I wanted if I want to do that, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, I like Forza just for the fact of the customization of the cars and the online features. Okay, but when it comes down to racing games, uh, I'm all about crazy taxi. And I think that's probably why I don't care for Forza so much, because the customization is incredible. I'm going to give it that. But, again, it's like it's like what Rick said. If I wanted to fucking work on cars, I'd go right in the garage and work on cars. I don't want to do that shit. I want to get in the car and fucking drive. I hear you. And You're making a great point. You, you have great commentary, but one thing I really disagree with you on is giving props to EA for Need for Speed because, one, I've lost all love for the Need for Speed franchise, and two, even if Need for Speed is a great game, it has nothing to fucking do with EA. It's props to Criterion, not EA. Okay. You make, you make a great point there, and I'm honestly, now that you said that, I'm really glad you called in because you make a very good point. And it, it's good to hear that point. I mean, how much right now I love Hot Pursuit, and I mean... You know, it it is an EA license title, but you know, whatever. You make that you make that point, and, and the game's balls. You know, it, it's a different kind of racing experience than you know the regular games. But beyond this game, I really hate for speed franchise. It hasn't been the same since Underground Two. It really hasn't. What what the hell is this garbage? What the hell was Shift? I have Shift on my Android, and I hate it. I friggin' hate it. I don't even know why I spent the seven bucks on it. Just well, I didn't spend seven bucks on Android, it. dude. What's that? Shift came for free with my Android. Which Android do you have? I got the Droid Pro. Oh, see, I I have the Incredible. It didn't come with the Incredible. Unfortunately for me, I guess. That's how much you don't give a fuck about Shift anymore. Yeah, that that tells you something, obviously. You know, I mean, I I have Hot Pursuit. I don't really play it. I I play it a little bit. I like it. Right now... I'm, I'm going to say it again. I'm stuck on Splatterhouse. Yeah, Splatterhouse, so, is, it. Splatterhouse is the truth. Um, but you know what? To, 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 to close out the segment, man, give a give, give people a, a, a little taste of what uh, what Splatterhouse is like, Billy. Well, for, first and foremost, Slick, thanks for the awesome points, dude. It was good to talk to you about gaming. It, it's always good to hear a gamer's opinion. I love that. That's what really drove me to open my site, first and foremost, because I want to know what everybody else out there is thinking because I'm not the only one with an opinion. 
everybody has a good opinion about gaming, and there's no wrong opinions when it comes to gaming. Splatterhouse, though, I, I want to say a big fuck you to IGN right now for telling us that this game was going to be garbage because we played a pre-release copy because we're the almighty IGN. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you, IGN. Fuck you, whatever your name is, who fucking did the pre-release video of this, okay? The fact of the matter is that Splatterhouse is God of War 3 with a fucking intensely brutal and sexual fucking nature, okay? You, you, you think it's cool that you get a fucking mini-game where you get to have an orgy in God of War 3? Check out the fact that you get naked pictures of Rick's girlfriend in this month's Playboy in fucking Splatterhouse as you find him through the game. And that's your trail of fucking breadcrumbs going through the game, okay? Rick is a jacked-up beast who is inhibited by a Mayan mask. If you haven't played the original Splatterhouses, I guarantee you, if you go find your local game store that sells old games, find yourself a TurboGrafx-16 and a Sega Genesis, play those games. Excuse me. Or if you're like me and you're lucky enough to live in New England and you go up to Hampton Beach, play the old Splatterhouse arcade game. This game is all about a dude and his girlfriend who gets stuck in a fucking psycho's mansion and have to, he has to fight his way out. He gets resurrected by a mask. And you can legitimately bloody up your screen, okay? For those of us who remember the old Splatterhouses, this is a true testament to what Splatterhouse was. A very gory and brutal game. But it has a new skin to it, new graphics, some great DLC, a survival mode that rivals Horde mode in Gears of War. Slick, also to your point, it's third person, so you see Rick's entire body. You can have your arm ripped off and beat people with it. What's not fucking awesome about that? If Rich ripped my arm off right now, I'd try to beat Farva with it. Farva being my community manager. And he's sitting, here, he's sitting here playing Splatterhouse right now, and, you know, he was one of those people who was very, you know, apathetic about it. And then he sat down and played, and he's like, fuck my life. And he's been playing it now for five hours. That's, I'm a not good, even that's a good sale. That's a good selling point for that. I will tell you right now, this game might not be a 10, and IGN will give it a 4.4. Guarantee you, suck my dick, IGN. You know nothing about games. If you want to fight me on this, go to BeantownGamer.com midnight tomorrow. 24 <laughs> fucking hours, and BeantownGamer.com is open. Okay? You can call me. You can threaten me with a lawsuit. You can do whatever you want, but writers don't know shit about games. I would guarantee, and I'm almost done with Splatterhouse, and I'm about seven hours into it, and I only have 15% of the game done because you've got to go through two other modes to get everything. Okay? I'd give this game at least a solid 8.5. A solid 8.5. For the fact of the matter that, you know what, it, it, it's a testament to the game. It really does the old storyline as well. And on top of that, one of the unlockables for the game is the original three fucking games. So you're getting four games for six bucks. Win! There you win! go. Win, 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 go Sox. He just did the commercial for the game. There you go. Legitimately, it's a great game. Konami, nice fucking, or I'm sorry, Namco and Bandai, great job. You guys are awesome. Thank you for bringing Splatterhouse back. And thank you for not letting Bottle Rocket Games do it. Well said. <laughs> I know. I did go a, off on tangents at this time of night. No, that's a that's a that's a good that's a good way to close out the segment. Definitely uh, recommend you guys pick up Splatterhouse. I will be picking it up this weekend. You know, you can and check of course, out my review Monday afternoon on BeantownGamer.com as well. I shall have a review up either Monday afternoon or Monday night, hopefully by Tuesday at latest. I'm just playing the goddamn games. You know, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling. Really. But um, let's uh, let's uh, let's get into the movies real quick because I know that I think there's like 20 minutes of show left. Um, a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things. 
this one in particular I wanted to discuss. Mark Wahlberg actually confirmed that he will be playing Nathan Drake in an Uncharted movie. What's Uncharted? I don't know how to play. <laughs> I, I don't know how to play with. I don't know how to play with myself. Station. You know. You know. It's funny. I, I've actually started playing Uncharted. Uncharted is one of the surprising standouts on the PS3. Um, really? Definitely. It's a three PS. Um, very graphic intensive, very nice. It, it's everything that um, every Tomb Raider reboot should have been. You know, graphically precise, uh, great cinemas, great visuals, engaging gameplay, good multiplayer. The only thing is that with with games like that, you you know they're they're only flagship titles, so you can only enjoy them on the PS3. You know, that's a game that you that you unless something happens, you'll never see that on the 360. But it, you know, the fact that they're entertaining making a movie shows that the game has definitely captured some mainstream appeal. I'm not so sure about Wahlberg playing and playing the role though, because Nathan. Yo, that, that's my boy. He's for, he's from Southie, so I agree with it. Yeah, I think I think I think Wal- You know, Mark Wahlberg is good for and, and and you know, especially you being from Boston, he's good for the Boston flicks. I'm, I'm biased. I'm biased guy. Wicked biased. Yeah, of course. But but for for Nathan Drake, I mean Nathan Fillion voices him, and they pretty much made the character look like him, so they should have done it with him. Not only that, but it would be cheaper in terms of overhead, and the guy yeah. has familiarity with the character. Mark Wahlberg has to go through a crash course now, like he did with Max Payne, and we know how that shit turned out. Well, uh, that so, story was horribly written. Don't don't, don't blame Wahlberg for Max Payne. He would have written Max Payne if they had just followed the game. Yep, Max Payne would have worked if they would have followed the game. And, and it's true. I, I, I only, I only give Wahlberg shit about that just because you know if you study the product like any actor that's studying for a role, even you would have said you know if you were doing the role, you would have said, hey man, this isn't, this doesn't work. You got, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you have that that creative control. Like Wahlberg, he he does. You know, he's vocal about most projects, so he should have he should have been one of the first guys to be like, dude, fucking flying flying birds and shit, this is not going to work. But, again, you know, it was one of those things where you see a property and you want to get that cash. Yeah, I hear you. But you know what? Max Payne could have been something good. You know, they're still trying to make a Halo movie, and apparently, being the Bioshock fanboy I am, fuck Bioshock Infinite, they are making a Bioshock Rapture movie. That could be cool if done right. Just don't give me any flying birds underwater, and I do not want to see Adolf Hitler. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. That's all right. Um, also wanted to uh, drop this on you guys. According to Bloody Disgusting, they're actually working on the next Underworld flick. It's going to be Underworld 4, New Dawn. Uh, Kate Beckinsale is coming back, and basically the plot is that she's in a coma for 15 years, and her 14-year-old daughter, who's half vampire, half lichen, is kidnapped. And they're trying to use her... They're trying to use her to create super lichen. So, of course, nice way to bring Kate Beckinsale back. The plot sounds pretty decent, and it's in 3D. Cool. You know, I can, that sounds pretty cool, but uh, you know, I can drop a little knowledge on you now that we're talking about horror movies. This hasn't been confirmed by Bloody Disgusting yet, but well, your boy is good as a scout, Taylor Compton, from the Halloween series. And the rumor has been confirmed by Scout herself, and I will be posting the interview this week, that Halloween 3 has been scripted. Not by Rob Zombie, but it's also put in 3D, and she is reading for the part of uh, Laurie Strode again. She has not confirmed or denied whether she will be taking the part. Danielle Harris has also confirmed this, as well as Christina Cleave. 
Wow, another. You know what it is? Another Halloween. I felt. I felt that too, and 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 I'm glad you brought that up, just because I was wondering where, what direction they were going to go with the Rob Zombie flicks, because they, they they everybody said you know there has to be a third, there has to be a third. So two I'm actually cool. intrigued. Uh, I'm two actually cool. intrigued to see it. Yeah, I mean, two actually added a layer, another layer to the Michael Myers character. So I actually liked it, just because a lot of people are like, oh, it's kind of bullshit, but I'm like, but it gives you more about the character, you know, and you want oh, to know it, it made him amazing. Him. Yeah, you learn more motivations for the character. The shit like that I liked. I mean, you know, a lot of people shit on Freddy versus Jason for that. But one of the things I liked about Freddy versus Jason was that it gave you insight into Jason's character where you actually felt sorry for the dude. You know what you know what my favorite part of Freddy vs. Jason was? Shoot. Anytime there was boobies on screen. <laughs> Anytime, because there was a bunch of hot ass girls in that movie. I I can't I can't even I can't even comment on that, but uh, I'll leave you to it. Um, Sorry, Kelly. That last uh, last couple of things um, in some Batman movie news, they're saying that they're going to be going with the storyline from Prey. Uh, the storyline from that involved Batman um, being involved with Doctor Hugo Strange, which is a totally weird bad guy to have, and um, Catwoman is involved in the story as well. Uh, I, I I really don't mind that they're going for the obscure stories, but I just feel that going this obscure may may throw some people off, so unless the fucking storytelling is crisp, I, I, I don't know, man. I think this might be the Batman where people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? Well, here's the problem going with Hugo Strange. Who's going to back him up? Are you bringing a Razel into the story? Are you going to go by the comic books? What are you going to do? After Heath Ledger, rest in peace, being uh, Joker... It's going to be a very hard follow-up with anything they do. I thought the Riddler was going to be the new villain. I thought so, too, but the, the Hugo Strange thing, basically in the Prey storyline, uh, Hugo Strange takes a cop and hypnotizes him into, into becoming a, uh, a, a, a hero like Batman called the Night Scourge. I and remember. Basically, yeah, they're using that to bring Batman out of hiding. I mean, if you go psychological like that, you definitely got to throw in some secondary characters. You know, like Catwoman appears in that story, so you know, and, and rumors are definitely pointing towards Catwoman being involved. So I can I can see that working. I just feel that going with a dude like Hugo Strange, like you were saying, it's it's a hard follow up. You go from from Heath Ledger's Joker to to a to a shrink. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a hard sell, man. I mean, Scarecrow was good in the first one. I, I thought Jonathan Crane was a great character. I'd really like to see Two Face. I'd re- after, especially after the Arkham Asylum, I would love to see the the, the new game on um, Arkham Asylum, like based on Arkham Asylum. You know what I'm saying? Yep, that would that, dude. That would make a great movie. Um, I think the only the only thing that would hinder that would be just screen time to get all the different characters in there. But you know what? Also if you the did lack it and of Heath kept, Ledger. Yeah, and also, dude, you need that psychological Heath Ledger Joker to push that over the top, man. But it would work, man. An Arkham, an Arkham Asylum movie would be fucking sick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here, here's another thing, though. With Hugo Strange, you've got to put something behind. You've got to introduce a Razel for the next movie. You've got to do something. You've got to bring in Robin or bring him in as Nightwing, bring a little backstory to it. You know who's always good with backstory was the first three Saws. You know, bringing in how Amanda got stuck with, you know, Jigsaw and everything like that. You yep. know, made for a good storyline, and then they just ruined the fucking franchise. I mean, they, they ripped that franchise for every dollar it was worth. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I'm just worried about 
doing that. And the same thing also, and this was leading into my the next thing I wanted to talk about with, with uh, Zack Snyder's Superman. Um, they're actually looking at the guy who played Ozymandias in, uh, in Watchmen to play Superman. Why wouldn't you bring back Brandon Roth? That's I, see, I, I'm, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Why not? That that guy didn't do anything wrong. It was the fucking story that was shit. He was yeah, a good Superman. returns was okay. You think, man? I don't know, man. The super the super baby and you know Lex Luthor imitating fucking Gene Hackman dialed to to, to twelve. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't work. I mean, the only three major scenes where Superman actually got to really showcase his powers was with the plane picking up the, you know, willing himself not to have kryptonite kill him, which fucking pissed me off. And, you know, just those climactic two scenes were the overall meat and potatoes of the movie. The rest of it was fucking bullshit-ass storytelling. Making me hungry. You know? Meat and potatoes, it, yummy. It's fucking... Nice. It, it's, I, I was just disgusted with the fact that it's like Superman's weakness is kryptonite. You're going to create a whole island of kryptonite, and because Superman used some positive reinforcement... You fucking space. I, you I, think, you, I think Slick would say it best when they Gran turismo that shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They did. Sorry, Slick, it, I had to give you some props. No, and, and, and Slick is right in that respect. you got to look at it like the Superman mythology is pretty straightforward. I, the only way I can see Zack Snyder doing a good job is giving Superman a bad guy that he can actually fight. You know what I mean? He can't punch Lex Luthor in the face because he'll kill him. And, you know, there's not... I mean, going with Zod is, is obviously the no-brainer, but you can easily go with Brainiac as well. And, you know... The, Brainiac, you could bring in... Ironically enough, you could bring in Bizarro from the cartoon. You could... You could even go as far as to bring in, um, shit, what's his face? Um, Doomsday. No. You could. Yeah, you I, could, I but Doomsday would work. And I know. I and know anybody out there in my talk radio, my take radio land, uh, agree with me on that? Call in right now. Let's hear what you think. Doomsday. I mean, I, I truthfully think he could. Well, Doomsday is a hard sell, but I'll tell you what I would do. I would keep Lex Luthor in there, but not make him the focal point. And I would have him partner up with Brainiac, which has happened. And then if you want to have a dude that can exchange in terms of, 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 of combat, you bring in a guy like Metallo, who's always been a, a second banana. You put Metallo in there, he's Brainiac's henchman. Brainiac is working with Lex Luthor to take out Superman. It's quick, it's easy. You can, you know, you have Lex Luthor get betrayed by Brainiac in the middle of the movie. Brainiac is your main bad guy. S Superman will fight Metallo. And he'll fight Brainiac to close it out. And Why don't we just bring in the Legion of Doom and the Justice League? Get that. Oh well, that that's wishful thinking. But I'm just looking at it from if you want to keep stuff that people are familiar with, you know, you can keep Lex Luthor in there. But you know, you bring in a guy like Brainiac that Superman has exchanged, you know, ha has had fights with fist to fist. Same thing with Metallo, and you can go with those guys and their names that you know people will know from Smallville, and you can get the Smallville crowd. But they're also names that you can actually have fight Superman. Right. If you just Very Lex true. Luthor, you're not doing shit. Lex, what's he going to do? Put on a power suit and get beaten up by Superman in five minutes? It's not going to work. <laughs> I think yeah, what that, they should do is you should keep Brandon Ruth, which obviously they're not going to do. Bring in, you know, introduce Intergang so you can build up to a Doomsday fight in another movie and have somebody like Parasite. Parasite you know who they should bring in? Though. I forgot they about should bring Parasite. in. 
I got one for you because I know his hair would be able to take the beating. They should bring in DJ Paul E.D. <laughs> I mean, somebody needs to kill those Jersey Shore kids. That would be amusing, except it would, it would violate... The situation. He, you know what? I, I think the situation's abs could actually take a beating from Superman, too. I mean, those things right. look pretty good, man. I, I mean, I, I, got, I got a fucking keg going on in my, in my gut area, but, you know... I mean, if I could look like Sitch, you know... I don't think my wife would let me leave the house, but... I got it. You know, perfect fight. Superman versus the Snooky Monster. Snooky oh <laughs> watch Smush Smush! <laughs> oh, my God. That would be, that would be fucking awful. But um, the, the last one, to, the last one to close it out. But, but before we, uh, before I wrap up the show, um, Gore Verbinski has gone on record that he will be directing the Lone Ranger, which is going to unite him with Johnny Depp. Which get this, Johnny Depp is playing Tonto. What? What yep. the fuck? Oh, Gran yep. Turismo. <laughs> well, here's Johnny the, Depp can't play Tonto. He's British. Well, here's the, here's the kicker for that. The origin, the, the origin story for the Lone Ranger is pretty much a group of Texas Rangers are uh, chasing a gang of outlaws. The gang ambushes the Rangers, kills them all except one survivor. The American Indian Tonto nurses the surviving Ranger back to health. Ranger dons a mask, rides the white stallion. Tonto teams up with him to take down the unscrupulous gang in the name of justice. Number one, who gives a fuck? Number two, how is Johnny Depp playing a Native American, like you said? He's going to go to the Boogly. Number three, I'm rewriting the Green Hornet. They're taking the Asian dude out, and I will be playing Kato. There you go, because... um, I will be playing the overweight old Iron Man in the next (laughs) Iron Man movie, and I will be banging Scarlett Johansson all throughout the movie. But, but how terrible is that? It's like it's like has, has it come down to to that? And and on top of the fact, who convinced Johnny Depp that he can play an Indian? Cocaine. Who convinced him he can do that? Cocaine. Yeah, well, cocaine. Uh, yeah, I agree with that one. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. You know, I mean, I could even see Mickey Rourke playing fucking Tonto if you want the truth. I mean, Mickey Rourke could play Jesus if he wanted to. I mean, after the wrestler, that guy could play anything. He was fucking amazing. His whiplash, he was awesome in The Expendables. He was good in The Expendables. Dude, Mickey Rourke's been awesome in everything he's done. God love him. I'm so glad he saved thanks to Randy the Ram. (laughs) Well, you know what? Here's Here's another bit of news for you. Daniel Day-Lewis is going to be in a movie about Abraham Lincoln directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, I'm sorry. Well I was said. TNA, what? Well said. Daniel Day-Lewis playing Abe Lincoln. It's like, unless it's Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer, who gives a fuck about an Abraham Lincoln movie? We all know how it ends with him getting shot in the head. Listen, if you're going to bore your listeners to death, you might as well let me plug my show. Screw Abe Lincoln. <laughs> no, but, but think about it. They think about that concept. This is what it's gotten down to. Lone Ranger and Abe Lincoln. Like, is it, is it, has it, have we finally hit bottom in regards to what you can do with movies when your movies are, when your big guests are Abe Lincoln and fucking the Lone Ranger? Uh, we're hitting rock bottom. And, you know, and, and, a, and a Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot that's going to erase everything that the TV show and the original movie did completely. All right, fuck Buffy. Don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) 
I always hated Buffy. I hate I hate True Blood. I hate anything that's to do with vampires. Nom nom nom. Go fuck yourself. Jesus. Well, you know what? Then we've wrapped up the show. Last but not least, of course, uh, Billy hit us with a big plug. For those of you, once again, who don't know, my name is Billy Nichols, also known as Ryan Storm. I am the owner and director of new media for BeantownGamer.com. Within the next 24 hours, you will be able to view our site at BeantownGamer.com. For now, if you want to just see a preview of our site, you can go to BeantownGamer.com slash index.php. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Beantown Gamer. Make sure you like our site because you're going to see a lot of good stuff out of us. You're going to see us working with My Take Radio a lot and maybe more of a random tangents about everything under the blue sky here. I might even tell you about T-shirt time if you're lucky. And uh, this weekend, we're uh, possibly giving away a couple of copies of Blood Drive thanks to the guys over at Activision. So make sure you stay tuned. I'd like to thank Rich for letting us be here to promote the show. Shout-out to Mike Caputo, Sean Ledger, my community managers. Hello to my wife, Kelly, who I know is laying in bed at my mom's house right now. Thing I love you. I want to say a big fuck you to the guys from Shock Glass Media for all the shit you talk on Twitter. Yeah, I said it. And uh, props to the Mets for winning the world title. There you go. Now that I'm done, that I'm done with random tangentness. Thanks a lot, man. I, I I appreciate you for taking the time out, especially before uh, Thanksgiving and before launching oh, the site. I to, got time. Don't no worry. To come on and shoot the shit with us, definitely check out BeantownGamer.com. Um, if you want any further info, you can also uh, follow Billy on Twitter. Um, his account is actually Rin, R-Y-N, Storm, B-T-G, and you can follow him Ryan. on Twitter. It's Ryan. We just dropped the A. Oh, yeah, of course. Make, Character make me look cool. It would make me Character look limits. cool. You can, also follow, um, you can also follow our editor-in-chief, Steve Perry, at Perry, or BTG Perry. You can follow Farva at BTG Farva. Those are the only Twitters that we have up right now. So, Awesome, man. But, uh, so, that's all I got for I, you. Thanks for having us. I, I appreciate it, dude. Definitely, we got to do this shit more often. And, uh, Absolutely. We'll, uh, yes, but we'll, we'll try and do something before the year is out for sure. I, I am all about it. Just let me know the time, and uh, I think we can make it happen. Or I can get one of the other guys to... Uh, come on and talk about stuff that they don't know. There you go. <laughs> Works for me. All right. Thanks a lot, Billy. All right, Rich. Thank you very much, Slick. Great to talk to you. Thank you guys so, so much. Great to talk to you, man. All right, All right guys. Thanks. Take care. All righty. All right. Uh, Slick, we got two minutes it's left. Uh, you know, definitely happy Thanksgiving, sir. Thank you for all the work that you do. No problem, man. Everything all right, dude. You and family. I'll talk to you later. You got it, brother. Peace. All right. You have just heard My Take Radio episode 67 for Wednesday, November 24th, 2010. Got to give a couple of plugs out, like I said. Uh, BeantownGamer.com, launching in 24 hours. It's Bean towngamer.com of course shout out to the MMA Gospel Crew you can listen to them Wednesdays at 8.30 on the Block Talk Radio Network Josh from MMA Valor great content partner great great guest on the panel this week follow him on Twitter at MMA Valor also head over to MMAValor.com as well um, a couple of other plugs 
you got to give a shout-out to the VGN crew. Uh, Don Anderson's Tumbling with Tumbleweed Tuesdays on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Donnie was actually making his return to stand-up this evening, so definitely best of luck to Donnie from the My Take Radio family. Um, he'll probably pop in sometime next week, and um, hopefully we can talk to him about his experience doing stand-up again. Uh, shout-out to the Darksiders crew, the rest of the VGN family, BornStubbornRadio.com. Uh, the girls at Girl Gamer, Gaming Angels, for uh, reaching a milestone with some of their great work. And uh, the English lady just told me I got 90 seconds left. Again, My Take Radio, episode 67 in the books. Uh, email mtrhost at gmail.com. Follow on Twitter, My Take Radio, Facebook fan page, facebook.com, My Take Radio. That's going to wrap it up. Street Fighter 4 is going to take us out by Pixie Tricks and Zircon. OCRemix.org is the site. Peace. Rip,